0: Welcome to the fourth episode of Film Fives, with me, Russell Guyver, and with him on the other side of the Zoom world. Hello, it's me? me,
1: Phil. Good <laughs> evening.
0: How are you doing? Always great the way you say good evening. Makes me feel immediately <laughs> at
1: home. It seems to be like less enthusiasm than
0: normal, normal now. Good evening! <laughs> that's better. Yeah, that's proper full-on Phil this time. I like it. <laughs> well, welcome everyone to this episode, our fourth. Thanks for following us so far. If this is the first time you've listened, welcome to you as well. General concept is, it's Phil and I, pub-style chat, even though we're not in a pub at the moment, um, talking about our top fives in any given subject. Actors, directors, genres, quirky themes, whatever it might be. And being as this is only our fourth episode and we're going around the houses in terms of the categories, we're choosing our first actor category tonight, aren't we, Phil? And it's going to be, well, it couldn't be anyone other than somebody who's an absolute all-rounder. He's everyone's favourite household America's film actor dad, type. yeah, America's dad. It is Mr. Tom Hanks. Um, yes, tell us about Tom Hanks, Phil. Well, as if anyone doesn't know, already. I mean,
1: I know he's not the most exciting choice. You, someone would go, oh, "I've got to listen to that podcast about Tom Hanks," mm-hmm. but you just look at his his output and it, it speaks for itself, really. I mean, we we were having a chat before about different actors we could have done um and uh, we I think we agreed Tom Hanks for the first one because quite a lot of actors that we like and have got quite a long sort of pedigree and history of films kind of play themselves in quite a lot of films and you don't vary their output whereas with Tom you know he he can change it around and move it around a bit so uh yeah it's uh, it's been it's been great this has probably been the most difficult top five that I've had to do out of all the other ones we've had so far I think in terms of working for all his films and thinking oh, yeah, he's in that, and he's in that, and he's in that, and he's in that, and he's in that. How am I going to get this down to five?
0: It's been difficult. <laughs> yeah, we've, we've sent out messages and asked for opinions from other people. We'll read those out later, but um, quite a few of the reactions have included the disclaimer, oh, this was really difficult. <laughs> what a yes. question, etc." cetera. So um, we understand everybody, if you've had, made it, had a really tough time making it to, uh, to, to narrow it down. I think I have. I'm, I guess you have as well, Phil. Yeah, yeah.
1: And the only other thing to mention, we are doing live action films only.
0: Yeah, yeah. So obviously, uh, immediately glaringly brings up the subject of Toy Story, four films, of course, he was in as Woody. Um, We're going to do a separate, well, we'll do a number of different separate episodes surrounding animation. There'll be one maybe on just best animation in general, I don't know. We'll definitely do one on Studio Ghibli, but we'll also do one on Pixar. So perhaps Toy Story will feature on that episode it will as be in known. the running
1: definitely at least one <laughs> yep. of them
0: yeah yeah so um on without any further ado then so it's our top five live action tom hanks stuff oh wait, have you got anything else to say about uh, dear old tom before we get into it
1: yeah so a very very brief biography so tom he was born in california in july 1956 uh, i think he was quite quiet quite shy quite religious in his youth but he studied theater 1979, yeah. he moved to New York and made his debut in 1980 in the slasher movie, He Knows You're Alone. I haven't seen it. So I've got no idea <laughs> if it was any good. He got a TV role in a show called bosom and Buddies. And that led on to a guest appearance on Happy Days, Now, oh. which introduced him to Ron Howard, who yeah, yeah. we're talking about this evening, perhaps. Uh, mm-hmm. So obviously, Ron Howard played Richie in Happy Days, but it was also looking to direct one of his first films at the time a film called splash about a mermaid yeah. who falls in love with a human tom managed to get cast in that he was a surprise box office hit and his movie career was uh, well and truly underway so he yeah. started off with uh, you know the uh, like the 80s with a number of comedies and then he started to take more serious roles which i'm sure we'll be getting into soon in terms <laughs> of um, one character, one actor that we've spoken a lot about in our Western and Hitchcock episode is uh, James Stewart, and I think he's kind of our James generations James Stewart. I yeah. like to think of him as he's he's got that kind of wholesome uh, kind of thing about him, but he's just brilliant in everything that he's in.
0: Yeah, yeah, he's he's everywhere all American, as you said, the American dad, and even from his earlier roles when he probably wasn't dad age. He's got that all American charm about him, affable, yeah. Um, sort of, yeah, just approachable looking guy. And from interviews I've seen seen and heard through the years, he does seem to be a genuinely nice bloke. Yeah. Um, um it's a bit strange he's picked Aston Villa as his football team. Know, that's another matter. Yeah. Apparently, he's an Aston Villa fan. Yeah. All these celebrities, Prince William. Tom Hanks, yeah, he, it's, I mean, I don't think it's a serious allegiance, but he, uh, <laughs> I think he would, he been over here. He's just, I can imagine him. Is, yeah. You
1: go. Come on, the villa.
0: Come on. <laughs> yeah. Just, <laughs> yeah. Is he good at accents? That's a good question, actually. May get, maybe get oh, into that. Yeah. Um, nominations as well for, I mean, the Oscars is the big one. I really don't give any credence, particularly to awards. I find them, Annoying, we've talked about this before the disparity between yeah. one year where there may be nothing really of the same standard as we'd like, and then other years there's loads, so it kind of gets that. So, one of each in each category every year just seems by default to- flawed um system but he you know
1: the oscars he's, he's are... had six six oscar oscar nominations um yeah. so he was nominated for for big and then yeah. he um which is a kind of a strange one when you think about it but and then he won conse- two consecutive oscars for philadelphia and for forrest gump and hmm. after that um since then he's also been nominated for saving private ryan cast away in a beautiful day in the neighborhood
0: yeah indeed and um he's been winner twice yeah uh just look at the um the details actually big 1988 so in my mind's eye that was earlier than that actually it's interesting watching it at the cinema with my mate rob (laughs) (laughs) excellent yeah well that's um yes that's interesting and philadelphia only five years after that i would have Definitely thought there was a bigger gap between those two.
1: He had a he, it's a strange course. one. He had he he kind of did really well in kind of splash and that did really well successfully. Yeah. But with the exception um, exception of Big, his like late eighties output was mostly a series of flops. He did Bachelor Party, The Money Pit, Dragnet, hmm. The Burbs, Toner and Hooch, Joe versus the Volcano, Bonfire the Vanities. And it's only when he kind of does the league of their own. Um, that he starts to kind of actually get some box office success and that enables him to start making le- moving away from the kind of comedy mold and into the more serious actor
0: Oscar bait territory. Yeah, that's it. Um, of which he's done 93 roles altogether, hasn't he? And I think <laughs> he's produced on, on a good 60 odd as well. Um, yes. So he, that's the other thing. He is quite um, high up in the echelons behind the scenes in terms of the production, the executive side of things as well, isn't he? Close associations with some of the big wigs of, of Hollywood, um, both creatively and otherwise. Um, so he's, yeah, his name you'll see all over the place, won't you? Um, yeah. it's yeah. So it, it's a, it's a, broad, um, a broad palette that we've working from here. Um, as you said, the load of those earlier lighter comedies are all kind of quite nice as well in their own way they're, none of them are great films necessarily. Um, maybe one or two exceptions yeah. aside, but yeah, they all added to the charm and built into it, didn't they? Yeah. Definitely so yeah. are we ready to go in yeah um i think we're ready to go in with our um in the first part our fives and fours um i think it's your turn is it your turn to go first? i think it's my turn to go
1: first yeah Yeah.
0: okay over to you sir who is at number five
1: so number five i've gone for catch me if you can ah. the 2002 steven spielberg film uh the true ish story of frank <laughs> abagnale played by Leonardo DiCaprio, who, before his 19th birthday, successfully conned millions of dollars worth of cheques, posing as a pilot, a doctor, a legal prosecutor. Um, Tom Hanks plays Carl Hamratty, the FBI agent, who uh, is tracking him down over the course of a couple of years, with Amy Adams playing uh, Frank's, Leonardo DiCaprio's, love interest. Um, I, so it's just a good fun film, isn't it? It's, it's, yeah. it, it's just it's just lovely, isn't it? It's it's kind of sweet but nice, and it's got that sixties aesthetic,
0: just down to a T. tee. Yeah. Also, at the beginning, I, I can't remember the, the exact titles, chronology. Yeah. The titles, yeah. It, it, there was a revival of really good title sequences it's that very came Hitchcock, out around this time. Isn't it? exactly we talked about Hitchcock in episode one definitely and, check that out if you haven't uh, John Williams that. does
1: the score and it's a very kind of Hitchcock yeah. style score as well there's definitely a lot of influence there
0: yeah not very John Williams typical is it actually it's no, uh, no, but obviously it's been tailored into a certain a certain mode that they wanted to go go with yeah there was a number of films around that time that had some really cool um, opening titles and it, yeah. it sparked I mean there's good countless maybe 20 or more that had similar themes it's Almost a bit in a little bit in the way films like The Usual Suspect sparked a, a yes. sort of like a, a retro um, revamp for some of the uh, some of those kind of aesthetics in terms yes. of posters and and stylistics. So yeah, I, I really like that film. I won't tell you if it's in my top five. Uh, or not at this stage obviously but I think it's a good choice I think it's worthy of a place
1: yeah yeah very stylish very funny but it's not very serious at all it it's it's very breezy very easy to watch um And yeah, it's just a a pleasure to watch. Steven Spielberg absolutely nails it on this one. Um, It's got the regular Steven Spielberg themes of broken homes and troubled childhoods because his parents broke up when he was a teen and he comes back to that in a lot of his films. Um, For the most part, I think it kind of sticks to the real life events. Um, I think in this case, there's the truth. And then there's what Frank, who, let's be honest, is a convicted con man. He wrote an autobiography, which... The screenplay was based on, in which he's by his own admission has exaggerated wildly, and they've tried to kind of like follow up on some of the facts that he comes up on there, and and struggled to do so. So I'm not quite sure how much of it is actually true about passing the bar exam after two weeks studying and and things along those sort of lines. But uh it, it, they're they're you know very likable characters. Leonardo DiCaprio is excellent. Tom Hanks is brilliant. Chasing him around. Uh, it's yeah. Christopher Walken was um, Oscar nominated as uh, Frank's dad. He's great in this. He's brilliant. I mean, mm-hmm. in the real world, I don't think Frank. I when mean, Frank left home as a teenager. I don't think he ever spoke to his dad again. But Spielberg has to do that thing with his dad as his conscience, family coming back to him, talking to him, wanting to yeah. try and impress him, and that kind of thing.
0: Yeah, and of course, I think they worked together beforehand. But it did really firm up uh, a good working relationship, didn't it, between Hanks and. Spielberg at that point um he's one of the guys I was alluding to about big wigs and Hollywood um yeah I, I think it's a really enjoyable film it is as you say it's quite light and fluffy it's almost got kind of like a an advert um vibe to it hasn't it in terms of the look and the snappiness and the way some of the yeah. shots are put together um apparently it was said filmed very,
1: very very quickly I, I wrote down that they they shot in 147 locations in 52 days and that was it the film done i think originally david fincher was going to make the film he dropped out to make panic room which coming back to your um discussion a bit earlier about the point about the really cool titles at the beginning Mm. with all the buildings with all the the actors names on them is great not the best film but it's interesting he dropped out i think he had james gandolfini in a tom hanks role and then um, I think right. Spielberg heard it was available. He dropped Big Fish. That went to Tim Burton. He dropped Memoirs of a Geisha and said, right, I'm going to do a, uh, make this film with with Leo. And yet yeah, they pulled it together really quickly and it's just got a real charm about it.
0: Yeah, escalated Leonardo DiCaprio's co- career somewhat as well. I um, think it certainly think gave him, he was, a bit, already he was known for,
1: it. I don't want to use the term fluff, but he was a kind <laughs> of, he was a bit more of a pin up and it's where he started yeah. trying to make that sort of move towards proper acting roles rather than yeah. just looking you know
0: sweet yeah. and young and leo-ish yeah and I, I think with the costumes and the just the way it was shot i think also harks back to that classic era so that the title sequence isn't the only thing that's got that retro retro look and it yeah. it really feels like um, it belongs to almost to an earlier age in the way it's shot, so that's yeah. stylistic.
1: I love that. I think it's mm. done really, really well. Really scoffy. I mean, it's so bright and breezy. There's actually a musical adaptation of this on Broadway with songs in it and all sorts. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> <Not> so, <I'm, laughs> I i loathe musicals, so it's not really going to have me in my cup of
0: tea, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. um Anything else to say on that one? Because I, I don't, I can't think of anything more to say on it. Really, I just think it's good light entertainment. Good, I think it's a good solid film for him. We, yeah. we should mention actually what we're doing with these fives is also it's based on the film more than just Hank's performance. Yes. So it's not. So if he's had a good performance in a bad film, that wouldn't necessarily qualify. No, and um, it's more about the film films. as a whole. Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: which feature only, yeah. for a film that's so bright and so breezy. Um, we've mentioned this before it's two hours and 20 minutes long this film but you don't feel it at all
0: yeah and i i we've probably said this before we definitely said again i'm sure i'm an advocate of films being the right length the right length is variable it does depend on the pacing the editing steven spielberg is the
1: master at this there's no um padding in any of
0: his films and
1: there's no there's no skipping over things either
0: which in itself is also a hark back to classic Hollywood yeah, where definitely films wouldn't screw around. Most of them, anyway, would be some of the biblical epics and a few things like that was not long. But a lot of films are really tight, really compact. Um, it, it may be m- not very naturalistic with conversations, but it would be snappy dialogue. Yes. The story will move along. It keeps you interested. And, you know, there are films, I remember watching the film Boyhood, I think it's called, isn't it? Um, oh, yeah. which yeah. Like the Richard which Linklater three, one. Yeah, which is three hours long. I knew it was three hours long beforehand because I heard a fuss about yeah. it. And I thought this is likely to drag because it's a drama and I'm not sure that's going to work. And yet, apart from slight discomfort physically with sitting down that long, um, I didn't feel it was three hours at all. Which is, That's an I'm interesting not quite sure film, why. that
1: one, because that was mm. the one where they used the same actors over the course of about 15, 20 yeah, years, didn't that's they? right. Yeah, so, yeah, and this use which the same camera equipment project. and everything which is obviously a quite a financial outlay and you've got to wait a long time to recoup that but it's, yeah brilliant film.
0: Yeah yeah but anyway that's a bit of a digression but in terms of Catch Me If You Can, a good choice and I think worthy of a place so well done on that one Phil. Um, do you want Thank to hear you. mine then? Go on then, number five Well I was deliberating um, over three films um, I deli- two of which have... I've got to be honest there were
1: I think about won't try and count now but there were about 15 films that could have gone in my top five so i can understand that yeah same Same here
0: pretty much exactly the same scenario we won't list what the ones are that missed out because obviously that would ruin the fun um but in the end i my um, fifth place came down to two films um in the end one of the more serious one of more light and fluffy not necessarily any light and fluffy ones further up the chain so i've gone for big i think you know it's, it's definitively Tom Hanks. It's for it's one of his earlier ones. Comparatively, it's 1988. It's just a good fun film. Synopsis wise, IMDb says: After wishing to be made big, a teenage boy wakes up next morning to find himself mysteriously in the body of an adult. And there were loads of those sort of body swap films around about. Yeah, there were, not they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most of which don't come to mind at the moment, but there were there were a lot. But I think this is probably amongst, if yeah, not this the best, best of those. One. Yeah, definitely. I think so. It's fun. It allows lots of jokes, lots of laughs, lots of funny scenarios. Um, the famous scene, of course, is the one in the department store. Where he's got the, the piano, yeah. the giant piano keyboard thing to play with. Your feet. I think they
1: have real problems in that department store because people just were going in all the time looking for the piano and wanting to jump on the <laughs> piano and recreate it. And
0: like, Leave yeah. us alone. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's one of the curses of of Hollywood filming, isn't it? Sometimes yeah. things that's a bit too overawed, but um. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a definitive film of his. I think because I don't have anything of this type further up my list, particularly, I felt when I was choosing between the two, it was mainly that which tipped it in favour of this film over the other one. I'll say what the other one is at the end. Yes. Um, but um, in the end, I think it needed some of this representation somewhere on the list. I don't think it's an amazing film. It's not, it's not a profound film. There are film. some... Um
1: dubious sexual politics i think yes i was just way. gonna say so <laughs> yes, he's yeah. a 13 year old boy in a 18 year old or 20 year old, i'm not sure what i can't remember what age he's supposed to be man and he gets a girlfriend yeah. and they get it on oh. so strictly speaking that makes her a paedophile or does it not work that way
0: mm, do you go with the physical the psychological <laughs> the um the fantastical <laughs> yeah, this, this unreal and for reality. that reason
1: you will never get a film like that made now
0: <laughs> this is the thing isn't it yes it is even though it's 1988 it's not way way back in time this film is now very distinctly of its time interestingly it was directed by Penny Marshall a solid yeah. but you'll notice from her name female director so I wonder yeah. if that makes things all the more curious in fact on this sexual politics front yeah it did create some interesting scenarios some good talking points for down the pub after you watched the film, if you watched it in that era. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was an interesting film. Um, quite a... I mean, the cast was... It was really just Tom Hanks is all I really remember about it. But The, the rest of the cast uh, included Elizabeth Perkins, Robert Loggia, John Hurd, who I think is no longer with us, actually. But he's a good, solid, background-everywhere kind of actor. Um, and John Lovitz, as well, amongst names people may recognise. Mercedes Rule, as well. I forgot got. she was in it. Oh, yeah. Um, Again, one of those lost actors you don't never seem to see anymore. Um, But it's really all about him. It's very much about him, isn't it? I mean, he's Um, in pretty
1: much every frame, isn't
0: he? Exactly, yeah, yeah. Um, I really haven't got much more to say about it than that, really. But On the basis that it is light and fluffy. It's great fun. We've mentioned the complicating elements of it. Um, Other than that, yeah, it's just fun and and, and not so bad. It's a nice
1: concept. They work it well and it hasn't got a rubbish ending, which quite a lot of those films could easily have. I think it it, it pans out very well.
0: Yeah, yeah. Agreed. And we won't talk about that in case, for some bizarre reason, anybody yeah. listening has not seen Big. Not
1: <laughs> seen a 33-year-old um, film, yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, so I, I think I'm done on that one, actually. Um, do you want to move straight on to number yeah, four? Yeah, so I want to AKS? number
1: Yeah, number four. Yeah. Um, so I've gone for Bridge of Spies. Bridge of Spies, yeah. Yeah, 2015. I love yeah. a Cold War thriller. I really I do. do. Anything like John le Carré you know anything to do i mean berlin Dicker is one Taylor. of my oh, favorite cool. cities. so anything to do with any film set in berlin are automatically going to watch and most films set in berlin are fantastic for whatever yeah. reason um yeah. so it's during the cold war the american lawyer played by tom hanks is recruited to defend an arrested uh, so uh, defend arrested soviet spy mark rylance in court um around about the same time a american u2 spy plane pilot francis gary powers crash lands in the soviet union and so a kind of swap deal and exchange is is kind of organized between the two of them which was kind of quite difficult to pull off i mean obviously Hmm. being very little in the way of kind of political conversations between the the two superpowers and tom hanks was there on the on the ground making it all happen um this is just brilliant. It's just, it, I, I watched it. I didn't watch it when it first came out. I only watched it for the first time a couple of years ago. And I was just, it, it's, it's, it's the look. I mean, it's again, it's Steven Spielberg, isn't it? Yeah, it he's, is, yeah. He's got the look absolutely nailed on on this. This looks exactly like what you would expect a Cold War film to look like. I mean, he, they he, they filmed it in Brooklyn for the New York scenes and they filmed it in Potsdam and Berlin for the, for the Berlin scenes. They got all the old signs out. They got all the old cars out. They used the right kind of colour scheme and palette. And it's just got that kind of really grim Cold War look about it. You never quite know how it's going to turn out. There are these machinations
0: moving forwards and backwards.
1: It's yeah. abs- It's tense, but it's
0: just brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. Good cast, really good performances. Interestingly, amongst the writers of it's which the Coen was theater, Brothers, wasn't it? The Coen Brothers, indeed. Yeah, Joel and Ethan, along with Matt uh, Matt, Matt Charman. Charman. I think Matt Charman apparently. was the guy who hmm. kind
1: of drove it, and then the Coen yeah. Brothers were br- brought in to kind of spruce up the dialogue a bit. And
0: they're they did a fantastic job.
1: Yeah. And I'm surprised they haven't done that on a few more things, really, but because I think they're yeah. they're, they're brilliant.
0: Yeah, guess what, we will do something on the Coens in due course. (laughs) Definitely. Surprise, Um, surprise.
1: Again, it's based on real events. There are very few departures from the uh, what actually happened unlike catch me if you can in this case in this this film it's very much as it is i mean they've changed f- they've shortened some time scales and the other thing that they've done is if you're doing a film set in berlin you have to ha- it's like doing a film set in paris you have to have the, paris- the eiffel tower in the background if you do a film <laughs> that's set in berlin the berlin wall has to be everywhere which isn't <laughs> it's not everywhere in berlin but it seems to be in in this film but it does give you that kind of claustrophobic paranoia kind of and you actually see them mm-hmm. building it and some of the history in it is, you know it's absolutely fascinating
0: yeah it's sort of like that intelligent almost old-fashioned in a good way slow burner kind of drama isn't it i think yeah. these kind of cold war thrillers i i agree with you i love cold with cold war thriller and i do think this is an excellent one i really like this film it does feature in my top five um certainly not um not at number four though and um, we'll come to that in a minute but but um but I'm, I'm glad you've got it in your top, well, in your top four there, um, because I think it's, uh, I think it's a great film. It's solid. It's good. It's entertaining. I did watch. I'm surprised you didn't see it sooner. I have to say, you, did you say you saw it only a couple of years ago? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm surprised, actually. I'm no, very surprised. no, yeah. yeah.
1: I was going through
0: a divorce it... when it came out,
1: and <laughs> you don't I need was... to go into that. <laughs> no, <laughs> I no. wasn't watching as many films. In been catching yeah, up ever enough. since.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I I do recommend seeing it on a big screen as any good films. I'd recommend that if possible. Um, but I think it's worth seeing anyway. Yeah, sorry, go on, Phil. So um I have a
1: kind of Tom Hanks theory in that as we said we said before, he starts off with the kind of the light fluffy comedies. He then starts Mm. making serious films. Yeah. He does his um Philadelphia, he does Forrest Gump, he wins both Oscars there's it, it, part of me that thinks, and I might be completely wrong here that he thinks, well I've been there, I've done that I don't have to go and play somebody else with a disability or somebody else that that's, that's dying of a terminal disease and he seems to then move into kind of taking on a lot of films where he's happy for other people to take the the limelight so to speak and he's hmm. there chewing up the scenery and being brilliant and in a lot of his films, he's fantastic, but he, he, he gives breathing room to the rest of the the uh, the uh, actors around him to really operate mm. at the top of their game. And he seems to bring the best out of a lot of the actors that he works with. So in this case, Mark Rylance, I mean, he won an Oscar for this, and he's absolutely sensational
0: in this. Yeah, I love Rylance. He he rose to prominence, didn't he, in terms of the small... A well, theater he theatre
1: actor, wasn't he? The, yeah.
0: Th- yeah, in terms of the silver screen, so to speak. Um Later in time, and this was, I think, it was a fairly short period after his rise to prominence. He got Spielberg, he was,
1: and he's been in all of his films ever since. Yeah,
0: long. that's right. Yeah, which is interesting when theatre actors come into it, and it can go one or two ways. Sometimes it just doesn't seem to particularly uh click, but it did with him. I think he's been very good. um i would actually seen him at the Globe in, in theatre oh, okay. once before. Yeah, randomly, only time I've ever been there, and yeah. uh, he was he was in a production. But. Um, yeah, I mean, he's got such a presence. He's so good. Such a good actor. And uh, of course, he was also prominent in Wolf Hall on TV yeah. around that sort of roughly that sort Best of time, time, I think.
1: Well.
0: Yeah. 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 Which is also, it's interesting. It's not for everyone that, but I, I think he's superb in that as well. Yeah. So, so it's great that the supporting cast. Well, in fact, he's kind of a, another main actor, isn't he, in this really? Yeah. But the, the rest of the cast, shall we say, um, are excellent as well. And, uh, it's, it's really good. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's a superb choice. One small,
1: one small thing about Mark Rylance in this that, that I thought was quite interesting. So, in real life, the yeah. uh, actual guy that he was playing, Abel, well, Mark Rylance gives him a Scottish accent. In yeah. reality, he was a Geordie. Would he have won the Oscar <laughs> <laughs> if he had been in a Geordie accent?
0: What do you think? Hmm. <laughs> Probably not. I think it'd be too much well, for people might- <laughs> I've got some, some spy stuff, man. It's, we're talking subtitles straight away, aren't we? Yeah, especially <laughs> yeah, the, the Americans American would audience. understand it. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so that's one thing. There's also, I've just been reading up here, there's um, apparently some goofs. Um, I looked at IMDb. It says, when workers were busy closing the wall, East German soldiers were seen in the West Berlin section doing crowd control. Schoolboy error. That um, maybe takes a little point off there. There. I think those things are all right, aren't they? It's not not as bad as Stormtroopers headbutting things as they're walking along the corridor, is it, I suppose? (laughs) Um, But anyway, there's that. And, um, yeah, I think there's a bit of trivia here as well on IMDb, which is quite interesting. It says, in an interview with the International Spy Museum, uh, Francis Gary Powers Jr. recounted how, when he heard about the making of the movie he reached out to the producers about concerns on getting the details of his father's history correct, given the information that had been revealed subsequent to the 1980s. He was invited to meet Steven Spielberg, Tom Hanks, and actor Austin Stowell, the latter of whom plays his father, Francis Gary Powers, in the movie. He then introduced them to Joe Murphy, his father's co-pilot, who also helped identify him on the bridge where the spy trade had occurred. Hmm. Oh. Interesting enough. There's, there's um, been a,
1: there has been a real trend in Hollywood to getting the facts right recently whereas they didn't really hmm. care so much about it recently. Yeah. I read I mean, something on Wikipedia. Yeah. Thing, I mean I read something about Wikipedia on this that they worked out it was something like eighty-nine percent truthful which hmm. compared to catch me if you can,
0: which was you know twelve, thirteen years before, is probably a lot less than that. Yeah. And that's the other question, isn't it? How how much artistic license do you give to films to create the right enjoyability factor? the right quality factor in a film it, it doesn't necessarily have to be a truth does it i don't think Yeah. as long as people can 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 gather the concept well at, of, at the beginning um, of catch um, me that. if
1: you can it says inspired by true events which gives yeah. them license to do whatever the bloody hell they want quite frankly
0: <laughs> <laughs> i think so i don't think that's the best wording actually for yeah. films if you aren't unless you are going to stick strictly to the known truth or the perceived truth, then, yeah, you've got to have something like that, haven't you, as a a disclaimer at the beginning. (laughs) Which kind of ties in with the Coen brothers, actually, in fact, because they they usually have um, a a cheeky little message at the beginning of some of their films. Oh, yeah, Fargo
1: said it was based on a true story, and they just put that in for a laugh.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Complete and utter, utter fiction, yeah. Not even based on anyone, yeah. Well, I hope not, anyway, in the case of Fargo. Uh, so yeah yeah, yeah watch of oh, Spies yeah. and
1: then you'll want to go to Berlin
0: yeah exactly if you do want to yeah. go to Berlin
1: I can recommend you any number of heavy metal bars to
0: visit <laughs> why does that surprise not surprise me <laughs> yeah I like a bit of Berlin I'm been over there a couple of years ago for the first time and I'm definitely going to go back um yeah. I love it yeah funeral in Berlin uh we've got uh Born Identity I think features scene. run Lola Run Run load of run, yeah. Yeah. There's probably a load of German films. I haven't really yeah, yeah. paid attention to where they're set. They're probably in Berlin as well. Um but yeah, some 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 great stuff. Actually there was a film, uh its name escapes me at the moment. Um it's about a problem child in Germany, which is one I don't think I mentioned on the okay. films of twenty twenty releases in the UK episode we did. Um System Crasher, that's what it's called. Okay, it's about a one. girl who um who essentially is is a is is a precocious child with some issues. And she's absolutely brilliant in it. And she is the girl in News of the World, which we mentioned oh, okay. in passing on our Westerns episode last week. Yeah. And which of course includes the actor Tom Hanks. Um, yes. a film, a very, well, his most recently released film, I think, as it stands, as we record yeah. this. Yeah. I still haven't watched
1: that. I've got to be honest. I have yeah. had enough of Westerns after. <laughs> <laughs> after the last, last month, after yeah. doing the special, then, but I will get around to it. It's Paul Greengrass' film, isn't it? I didn't realise. It is.
0: That. Yeah, which he, he works the with the same star.
1: directors quite regularly. Um, hmm. Mr. Hanks. Yeah. He's worked with Spielberg five times, Ron Howard five times, Paul Greengrass yeah. a couple of times, Nora Ephron a couple of times, Robert Zemeckis three
0: times, I think. It, yeah, yeah. He, yeah. he yeah. works it's... with trusted people. That's it. And it's not uncommon for that to happen, is it really, as, as well amongst actors? I think not, not always, but sometimes. Um, yeah, I'm taking it the news of the world isn't on your top five on the basis it's you have We'll get round to it eventually. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I have seen it, as I mentioned. I, I enjoyed it actually. It's not in my top five. I can, I can give you that one, but, um, I do recommend it. I think it's a good solid film. He's good in it, uh, as is the girl. And, um, yeah, de- a decent effort. Um, but anyway, that's, that's that. Well, my number four. Is already been discussed. It's Catch Me If You Can. Oh, so brilliant. I've got it in a similar position, but not the same. So nothing more really to say. I think I've, I've I've jumped in on on that with you earlier when we talked about the other one. So so I've got Big at five and Catch Me If You Can at four, and um, yeah. That's mine so far. And just to recap, you have at number Catch five. Catch me, if you
1: can, at
0: five. Uh, Bridge
1: of Spies at four. Bridge of Spies. Good this films, is going to be another films. one we, where we pretty much got the same films from now on here on in. I'm expecting. We shall see. can see it a few be. Golden Seagulls
0: coming up here. <laughs> Indeed. Golden Seagulls being, of course, our own awards system that we've got for films of merit in any of the major categories. We're not bothering with this actor and actress nonsense. Everyone's calling Female actors, actors now rather than actresses. And I don't see we should differentiate, especially as we can give as many awards out as we want, can't we? So, actors are male or female, they're actors, that's that. Um, Let's let's cut to the chase on that one. So, yes, we'll see if we award any tonight. And that's another possible um, teaser, I suppose. Uh, We'll see. Okay. Um, Anything else to add from your side of it before we have our first break? No, I'm all ready to go into number three when you are. Excellent. Okay, we shall take a short pause for lavatorial or alcohol based reasons and we will be back very very shortly. And so we return the curtain is drawn back the screening continues well the podcast anyway. Um yeah. in this lovely so be refreshed be refreshed lovely got a bit of red wine tonight that's a that um, Sierra Nevada pale
1: ale which is handcrafted how do you handcraft an ale it's not like I,
0: don't <laughs> I mean everything's handcrafted to a certain extent isn't it
1: yeah I suppose you have to
0: use your hands in some way even if a robot's building something you've still got to move it from a to b some kind of crafting involved anyway we're on to our um, top three to five now number threes and Field is going first this week so yeah it's over so, to you, so this is an interesting
1: one so when this film came out i absolutely hated it <laughs> and then <laughs> i grew up a little a little bit um and i rewatched it uh last mm. week and i absolutely loved it wow uh, that's obviously forrest gump ah. uh, it's quite a polarizing film it's one of these films that people either love or hate Um, I hated it and then I watched it in the kind of cold light of day 25 years on from when I first watched it. I think my biggest problem that I had before was that um, it won Best Picture and it beat Pulp Fiction and Shawshank Redemption. (laughs) uh, Pulp Fiction and Shawshank Redemption are two of my favourite, favourite, favourite films ever. And this film of Tom Hanks sitting on a park bench mumbling wins Best Picture and I just couldn't couldn't quite understand it and that made me just hate the film before I'd even watched it and then I watched it and I
0: hated it even more and then I this went is back like and... a guy that's a really nice guy that um, you, you briefly met thought oh he seems like a nice guy and then he immediately hitches up with a girl that you've desired and wanted all your life <laughs> and you thought you were in with that seems like the equivalent of that film
1: and I watched it again <laughs> for the first time in donkey's years last week and mm. I absolutely loved every single minute of it so if you haven't seen it, this, the um, 1994 film for which Hanks again won his, his second Oscar after winning for Philadelphia the year before. So the presidencies of Kennedy and Johnson, the Vietnam War, the Watergate scandal and other historical events unfold from the perspective of an Alabama man with an IQ of 75 whose only desire is to be reunited with his childhood sweethearts. Which when mm. it sounds like that sounds absolutely terrible, doesn't it?
0: <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's
1: it's just a really really sweet really really nice really really well done film it, it I mean, Robert Zemeckis directed it before, I think yeah. it's one of the sort of last few films he did before he kind of went into the the most mocap tech and animated sort of film area I mean it won six Oscars best picture best director best actor for Hank's best adapted screenplay um, and a couple of the technical ones so it's based on a book by winston groom um i don't think he got on very well with the filmmakers at all from what i gather mm. they say he says that kind of um, all the rough edges of the character were kind of taken off he wanted john goodman uh, and all the rough out yeah he and it just it was mm. a little bit too nice Um, I think, than than what he actually did. He also got paid literally nothing for it. I think they kind of ripped him off a little Uh, bit. Ah, right. And when they won all the Oscars, his name was not mentioned even once. Yeah, they clearly fell out, didn't they? And so then he wrote a sequel and then um, called Gump and Co., which was obviously automatic bestseller because of everybody had seen the first film. Um, He sold the rights to that. And, and it never, it's been in development, however, since. But, uh, <laughs> I think, I think once the September 11th tax ha- happened, I think all those associated Hanks and Zemeckis, et cetera, said, well, we can't make films like this anymore. Hmm. Um, but it, yeah, it's, it's just, it's a really, really nice film. One of my favorite things about this film is the soundtrack. I love a bit of 70s rock, as you know. And it, it, <laughs> for wherever he's going for a different period of his life, uh, it plays the music from that period. So it's The Doors. It's Jimi Hendrix. It's Queen's Clearwater Revival. It's Leonard Skinner. Mm-hmm. And it's, oh, it's, yeah. And it's also um, brings in a lot of documentary film footage, doesn't it? And ILM yeah. were brought in and did quite a lot of technical stuff so that he could meet John Lennon and meet all these other people. And I loved all that second time. Our first time, I just thought it was not all of a nonsense. But sitting down recently, I loved every minute of it. Mm
0: interesting yeah um it's interesting because you picked the same number three as me phil that's what i've got as well there we go so so to continue on with the theme i mean just on the on the awards i'm just um interested to note apparently globally it's got 44 wins and 75 nominations i mean in a sense you you mentioned about pulp fiction and shawshank redemption but even aside from it winning instead of other films you really love etc you've also got the fact that when something is um, bestowed with so many accolades you've got two problems one there's a, a general resentment sometimes yeah. from various quarters about that and there's also the sense of films being overrated as well you know how many times have you had somebody who's loved a film that is very good has just waxed so lyrical about it that you can't actually enjoy it yes. because in your head it's just beyond ridiculous in how good it is yes. and then you watch the film and it is a good film but you essentially it's about expectations going into watching it so I think that can that could feed into why some people don't like it I put it at number three because I mean it's slightly disingenuous when I said nothing light when I mentioned big at five yeah. I guess this is light as well isn't it um, let's, let's be honest it's got very very much a lot of comedy involved um and incidentally I'm interested to picture John Goodman doing the running scenes uh, for yeah that, but... <laughs> I don't think he was
1: ever actually considered I think John yeah. Travolta was offered it and he passed and then I think on Travolta, really, yeah. And then it got to great. Bill Murray and Chevy Chase and Sean Penn, they yeah. all passed. Tom Hanks, Chevy remember, Chase. this This time was known for doing more kind of whimsical comedies, but yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it, he, he, he he uh, yeah, he took it on and he did a, a masterful job,
0: yeah. I think it, it is synonymous with him, isn't it? It's it feels it feels now as if he's the only man for the job who could only have, the only man who could ever have been for the job. Yeah. I mean, at first, before, he
1: it? was really, I want to lose that Southern accent. Because it's quite oh, a yeah. twang he's got. And he was, I think it took quite a lot of work to talk him into actually keeping it. And it, yeah. it's part of the charm of the character when you when you sit and watch it. Yeah. It Alabama. has, of course, been
0: parodied, hasn't it? A lot. The whole oh, it's easy to The childhood. <laughs> you know, how many millions of times have we heard that one? And it's been yeah. spoofed and reworked in other sketch shows and all sorts of other stuff. Um, I mean it, it's a very distinctive film isn't it in a number of ways you mentioned the music I agree with you on that I really the soundtrack it, I sold millions yeah, yeah it really really does help the film along as music so often does on film um, they're actually
1: making like, a Bollywood remake of it at the moment believe it or not
0: well, <laughs> I'm serious I, I can kind of believe that because yeah. that is it's possible with Bollywood
1: <laughs> that's brilliant I would never ever watch that film
0: <laughs> no I'm, I'm not sure that would be for me to be fair um but you know you've got that similar image of him with the sort of like the bluey gray checked shirt, no tie but buttoned up and then he's got a, a blazer or something like a light color blazer over the top of it so it's got that that um definitive look hasn't it yeah it, it's got memorable moments in the film that you remember um oh it's got again, a I'll, lot of
1: iconic moments in it yeah definitely.
0: yeah i mean i'll mention a couple of films that missed the cut for me a little bit later on and for me i think part of the reason they missed the cut is actually i can't really remember that much about them and i think um my narrative memory recall is not amazing but if it's something really good i will tend to be able to remember it in this film i do remember a number of scenes gary Sinise, as apparently he's brilliant supposedly pronounced yeah. really good yeah whatever happened a- to him he
1: was in everything in the 90s and then he just he disappeared was. He's a good, very good. Planet. actor. Yeah, he's yeah. excellent. He's in Apollo he's... thirteen
0: with Hanks as well. Indeed, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And um, and also, you know, he another guy who's done a lot of theatre. In fact, after Forrest Gump, sometime later, I saw him in a production of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest oh, on wow. stage. I make it sound was like it was theatre a the the lot. But... Uh yeah, he was doing yeah. the main role, yeah. And he was excellent. He was really good in it. Um, I think he was good. The production was good. As I said, I don't do much theatre. I happen to mention two two plays tonight. But, um, but he's he's an excellent actor. Um, he's very good in Of Mice and Men as well, amongst yeah. other things. Is that on, the John on the
1: one?
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think all those side roles, you've got it's Sally Field, isn't it, that plays the mum? Yeah. Uh, she's excellent. She's an excellent. Yeah, she's always good. Robin um, Wright
1: plays the uh, love interest. That's
0: she's right. Excellent. Yeah. Literally right, <laughs> yes. bobbin right um yeah you've you've got a good ensemble cast, which I think helps, certainly with a film that has an epic scope of sorts, you know this yeah. has got this through the ages, hasn't it, in terms of you know, you're seeing him in different eras, um it's got a slightly surreal quality, hasn't it, really, when all said and done, you know he's apparently this pre- yeah,
1: apparently in the book, he's also an astronaut, a professional wrestler, and a chess player <laughs> I think it's so yeah didn't didn't manage to fit that in
0: well i'll tell you what i wouldn't like to take them on at table tennis that's for sure no no definitely (laughs) so it's a great it's an all-round family favorite isn't it this is the other thing it's it's got global appeal i think i presume it's pg i can't remember now but it's certainly going to have a pretty wide appeal most people can watch it there's no problem with that um it's got charm it's got likability I think I'm trying to remember what I felt about it when I first saw it at the cinema. I I really hated it. Yeah. The the, other thing about it it,
1: um, is this film is absolutely beloved of uh, right-wing conservatives.
0: Yeah. Oh, well. It's not often I love a a film
1: that that they would like, let's be perfectly (laughs) honest. But the fact that he's nice and simple and works hard and he's, Sort of girlfriend goes off and lives a kind of liberal life, and it all you know. She dies of hepatitis, I see, or, mm, or whatever. Yeah. It's been an indictment of what happens when you do that sort of thing. So among the yeah, kind of exactly. passion of the Christ crowd, this was like massive.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's it. it has
1: it's, that. It has so much charm that I you, you just you see past all of that, you know.
0: Yeah, and I think that that goes for a number of films. Yeah, we mentioned it about um, racial stereotyping, and, and yeah. White cast actors in, um, as they would call it, red Indian roles in the Western last yeah. week. And, you know, there, there's problems throughout cinema and it still goes into today, um, with some aspects of cinema, even today. Um, there's, it's, it's not going to be flawless. And it, this isn't, um, as you said, there's a rather uncomfortable message there that you've just yes. mentioned about, you know, having a free, liberal minded idea, you come a cropper, stay on the straight and narrow, be, very white middling middle america kind of guy well it's southern america isn't he but it's it's got that sense about it yeah maybe but despite that i think certainly not because of it it's a it's a really good film very enjoyable yeah
1: i mean the the script is brilliant it's got so many one-liners and it's written by um, eric roth who adapted from the book so the guy that wrote this also wrote the insider munich and benjamin the curious case of benjamin button which is not really what you'd associate with the same guy as as this but yeah he, he nailed it you can't dis-
0: you can't argue with that <laughs> yeah exactly and that's um i think it's, it's yeah it's testament itself isn't it yeah there's the scenes with i mean what what did you make of the fact he's, he's meeting all these famous people and this it's almost got a a, a parody of people's way of telling anecdotes, doesn't it? Yeah. So many times people embellish stories and it's almost like a pictorial version of people's exaggeration of their own stories, isn't it? Yeah. So I met this guy, I did this, I met the president, Elvis yeah. or whatever, yeah. you know. Yeah. <laughs> it goes like that, doesn't it? Yeah, and I, I like that. I thought that was tongue-in-cheek. I, I liked yeah. that wryness to it. Um, and yeah, I think it's a charming enough film. As I said, at the cinema, I can't remember, I do remember quite enjoying it. I'm not sure exactly how I felt about it at the time but I, I've i seen it since and I've enjoyed it pretty much equally um, as you said there were films that you could argue were better at the time I think both those the, the films you mentioned are I best think film
1: fiction not winning the Oscar is yeah. the biggest travesty in
0: Oscar yeah. film history But that's just and me. this is why I, I have an issue with the, the system of the Oscars yeah. because you're picking one over another you can have three films which are just far too good not to win and two of them have to miss out um, yeah. whether this is the case in this year is another matter but you know pulp fiction should be getting one definitely tarantino's yeah. masterpiece i think anyway well maybe maybe not we'll see because we don't want to plot spoil anything for the future no, no, of course exactly but um, it's certainly up there for him for, amongst his films anyway um and Shawshank last... redemption yeah, yeah, was popular that... only later wasn't it which is interesting. yeah that that
1: was a kind of uh, mm. on video kind of popularity that, that, yeah. I don't think you do big numbers at the box office. I think it's yeah. one of these sort of word of mouth based on the Stephen King book, I think.
0: I think if a, is, if a film is good enough and it is extremely popular with the box office, that's where you tend to get this, I think quite resentful um, choice. That go, well, maybe not so much now, but certainly in the past, you would get those kind of films, the Forrest Gump type films would win because they're, yeah, they're very good to a certain level and they're extremely popular. That combination tends to, or did tend to win the award. So you can I think also there's some resentment around that. You there? can
1: also do that, like Kate Winslet says in you know, extras. Guaranteed Oscar bait is playing. I won't use say use the same phrase she used, but play, playing playing <laughs> someone with a disability is guaranteed Oscar. You've got Rain yeah. Man, Forrest Gump, or you know anything like that. And it's still the case yeah. now. I mean, you look at the the films that Oscar nominated this year, Sound of Metal, which I've seen. Um, that that's Oscar nominated this year, and like for hmm. a couple of a couple of the actors and the film. Um, I think in the documentary Oscar nominations this year is, is one about some disability camp or something hmm. like that. They they love all they love they yeah. love a disability, don't they? You,
0: you look be. at um, you look at um, what's his name did the Stephen Hawking character I've forgotten his name Ed, Eddie Redmayne isn't it? Yeah, and uh, you've got Daniel Day Lewis in my my yeah. left foot and all that sort of stuff. There is an issue nowadays with. Um, casting, isn't there? Yeah. In terms of um, sound of metal, I think there was a fuss about that. Actually, uh, you mentioned um, yeah. Tom Hanks in Philadelphia. You know, um, there was a, a fuss around the fact that a straight actor had been cast in a gay yeah. role, as well. And to a point, I can I can see the point of that. I don't think it should preclude somebody from being under consideration for a role because it's about getting the best actor. Yeah. But I have to say, if there's someone who's good enough to do the job. You think you should maybe give it to and someone they, if they, they are understand the role gay better. or yeah. blind or you know, or musician that's lost the hearing or whatever it is, whatever yeah. the storyline is. Yeah, yeah, interesting. So we've both gone for that at number three. Yeah. So one I last, one last.
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm sure there'll probably be a couple, one or two more. One last little note on that is so um, Tom Hanks' son in this is played by a debuting Haley Joel Osment, who obviously they went on to do the Sixth Sense. It was his first ever film role. I think Robert Zemeckis ah. had seen him in a Pizza Hut commercial and put him in the film.
0: <laughs> I love these these early spots. I always missed them at the time. I, 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 I only saw yeah. yeah only watching it recently. I was like, I'm sure that's a, like a
1: three year old Haley <laughs> Joel Osment, and he looks a bit different. If you saw him in the last yeah. series of um, what we do in the shadows, <laughs> where he's got yeah. he's quite big, like, big
0: guy now with a massive beard, he looks very very different. Yeah. Yeah, it's like um, all, all these early spots. I mean, one of, one of the ones is Audrey, Audrey Hepburn in The Lavender Hill Mob. She's in a scene right at the end, serving drinks in a bar in a scene. And, um, you know, that little few people know about that as well. It's, yeah. it's great. I love those when you spot them and go, oh, this is what so, they yeah, first made. The yeah. Sam Elliott in, in.
1: Uh, Butch Cassidy, like we talked about last week. Yeah, just stood Indeed. around the bar as an kind of as an extra because he looked the part. And,
0: yeah, and this Facial hair. Part. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so i'm going to guess at this stage phil that one of your top two isn't in my top five okay i'm going to drop that into conversation I think you're probably stage. right yeah hmm. um as we, we we linger on that um that point for a second we're going to go into our top twos um it's you again first first of all so what have you got So there's a bit of a running
1: theme here. I've gone for a lot of Spielberg and I've gone for a lot of uh, real life events. And so my number two is The Post.
0: Ah, yes.
1: I I mean, I love a Cold War thriller. But equally, I love a newspaper uncovering a scandal and putting it out to the world, you know, a spotlight or um, all the president's men. And this is very much the same sort of territory. Anything like that, I absolutely adore. And this is an absolutely brilliant film. Um, for those who don't know, it's a Vietnam cover up spanning four U.S. presidents, pushes the country's first female newspaper publisher, played by an absolutely brilliant Meryl Streep, who was Oscar nominated but didn't win, and her editor played by Tom Hanks to join an unprecedented battle between the press and the government. So they wanted to get the, re- I mean, the American government knew what was happening in Vietnam and they hid lots of things um, and they suppressed lots of information because they didn't want word getting back to the voters, to the people about what an absolute disaster it was. And this went on for years and years and years. Yeah. And this is them finding out about it and it's got the kind of getting hold of the information and then it's a real, do we publish it? Don't we publish it? Could we end up in prison? Oh, it's. It, I mean, it's it, It's almost like an action film, even though there's no actual in, action in it. It's just very, very tense and just suspenseful. It, it's It's brilliant. Another Steven Spielberg You're, you're
0: making me uneasy because, do you know what? I don't have this in my top five. And yet at one point I had it at number three um, <laughs> until very late in the day as well, I have to say. And it now feels quite empty that this is, missed out and bigs in there and catch me if you can's in there because i think maybe one of those might have got pushed out i mean i mean, know. I mean yeah. mine is a bit it's of a, a Spielberg.
1: spielberg him playing actual people that actually live. i mean he plays bob bradley <laughs> um sorry ben bradley the, the, yeah, the publisher yeah. so i mean he's in yeah. all the president's men i mean J- um, jason robars plays plays the same guy in that film yeah this is set yeah. in 1971 and it's yeah pu- all about publishing the uh, the pentagon papers hmm yeah, and it's it a really non- good.
0: It's it's a really good um period piece. Modern. Oh yeah, yeah. Fairly modern era period piece, isn't it? Um, it's got Meryl Streep, who is she's almost, fantastic, almost yes. relentlessly. She was like the first
1: um sort of female newspaper publisher, and she she doesn't answer to anybody. You know, yeah. This is her <laughs>
0: character, not not Meryl Streep. Yeah, Graham. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, she <laughs> yeah. plays uh, <laughs> Catherine Graham.
0: Yeah. yeah. I think I think they're both brilliant and I I think the facts we can talk about Tom Hanks as an actor because I'm at this stage as well I think because there's a the thing about Tom Hanks you mentioned James Stewart earlier on and the reason you've mentioned him in relation to Tom Hanks being the the guy for the new era I think is because yeah. he is both a very good actor and maybe underrated as an actor by some because of his star status, but he is also a star, and yeah. he's he's box office. He's pure and, box office. Everyone likes him.
1: And as I and, kind of mentioned earlier, I think he brings out the best. Everyone above around him raises their game. I think so. With yeah.
0: Him. And when he goes when he goes toe to toe with Meryl Streep, who is arguably the best, certainly one of the best female actors of all time. She's she's absolutely brilliant in everything yeah. she does. As far as I'm concerned, yeah. you know he, he holds his own with her. I wouldn't say the acts are off the screen or anything. No, he no, he's his not his own, the name. sort of
1: person to try and do no, that, it's, though, is it's not it? like that. It's he? It's all about the story. He,
0: you know, the, the, and the relationship o- between those two characters is key, isn't it, to the story?
1: Yeah. I mean, and the ensemble cast in this: uh, Sarah Paulson, Bob Odenkirk, Tracy Letts, Bradley Whitford, Jesse Plemons, Carrie yeah. Coon, all fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Jesse Plemons is is a very interesting guy because he's literally turning up in everything now, and he's He's just good. He, he, he's he's good in everything, but he, he's yeah. He's I can't think of many films that he hasn't been in that I've watched recently. <laughs>
0: but he's great in this. I want to do. I can't remember if we mentioned this on previous podcasts, but I want to do at some point a an, an episode on um, best side men. I'm calling them side men. I don't know if that's the, a term that's been used yeah. by anyone else, but I'm going to coin it for those peripheral character roles where somebody who is always good, even might steal a scene or two in a smaller role and they never seem to get the big roles, those kind of characters. That's, that's one for the future, yeah, um, yeah, definitely. maybe to ponder. It sounds before. like he might be one of them, yeah. So, I yeah. mean,
1: coming back to the subject of Oscars, so yeah. this was, I think it was the 2000, it's either the 17 or 18 Oscars. Um, it was The Shape of Water won yeah. Which I'm a massive sci-fi sort of fantasy nerd. The fact that the first ever sci-fi film won, I'm quite happy about. But I think this in this particular year, I'd have had this or Get Out as the best best film. And oh, awesome. I, I good, can't
0: good believe films out was isn't it? Like I can't believe The Shape of Water
1: be, beat this and Get Out. I'm not having it (laughs) I do quite like (laughs) The Shape of Water I love Guillermo del Toro don't get me wrong but this just destroys
0: it (laughs) it blows it out of the water yeah you clearly love this film don't you I'm feeling more and more guilty for not having it in my top five by the second it is a very very good film. it is
1: again it's Spielberg again Um, apparently um, he read the script and he just he was in the middle of doing the sort of special effects for Ready Player One and he had to sort of mm. set ILM, I think it probably was, to, off to go and do a load of stuff. And he had a bit of time. And he dropped everything and, and sort of made the and went off and made his film kind of quickly and, again. And it's another one, is, is we spoke about this when we did the trial of Chicago 7. It's one where they yeah. put in a lot of references to more recent politics. There are definitely allusions to Trump and Nixon in in this. There's a lot of subtle yeah. little digs and, 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 and that have been kind of subtly embedded you know
0: mm, yeah i think the other thing is mentioning about this type of film we talked we, we you could talk about um police procedurals is, is a sort of a, like a sub genre of sorts yeah. and films like zodiac and things like that in a way this is like a journalistic procedural isn't it in the same vein as all the president's men and many others besides you could say it's very much in that tone, isn't it? Yeah. Um, as you said, there's overlaps in terms of who the characters are as well. Um, I find that interesting. If it's done well enough, it's engrossing, isn't it? As you said, it's an action film without action as such. Um, I think those sort of stories, whether it be a film or a, a TV series, I think they're fascinating. I really get engrossed with them. Um, I love elements of that and other, other, other categories of film which have that procedural element. Yeah. They keep, you know, you're following along. It's more a cerebral thing, yeah. Uh, but you're following along the story and interested to see how it's developing. And it's about the, it's about the challenges of the job. It's about the predicaments as well, isn't it? The decision making that's presented before them. They have to make difficult decisions. So there's a cliffhanger edge in that yeah. sense, isn't there? And I, I, well, I, I the really bit like the end. Stuff. I don't yeah.
1: want to go to spoilers, but the ending is one of these yeah. sort of high five things when they publish it in his have any of the other newspapers published it as well because they can't sue everybody kind of thing and you know oh, it's <laughs> it starts makes you want to stand up and applaud doesn't it yeah absolutely Another interesting else yeah, yeah so another bad, one, yeah. I, um, yeah so this was john williams 28th score for steven spielberg and Just although john, huh? john's getting on a bit <laughs> um it's an interesting one because it's kind of half orchestra half kind of electronic effects so he's obviously added some yeah. new skills to his game as John. And it's it's really, really well done. It, yeah, it, it that's fits a good in works
0: really, really well. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, I agree. I think Williams is probably the uh the most the foremost man of his generation, isn't he, in in his field. And obviously he's synonymous with Spielberg. Hanks to a degree is, isn't he? I mean to a large degree. And that is an interesting film. For sure. And I, if anyone hasn't seen it, I recommend it. I think it had a, a medium coverage release, didn't it? It was a, a sort of a major release that had yeah. good notices. Um, maybe didn't get a huge box office. I'm not sure. But um, it it's the okay. sort of thing yeah. I think you can pick up on the streaming services um, or on Terrestrial. It's well worth a watch. Um, I don't know what the running and time again, is on that. It it's quite a long film?
1: It, it is. I think it's Yeah, I it yeah. First. But it didn't and feel it. it. No, again, it didn't. And I think it's another one that it's very close to the actual events. I think in reality, so the Post, we're talking about the Washington Post. I think the New York Times were also involved. And I think they're a little bit upset they weren't mentioned quite so much uh, in the film as being the ones to break it. But it it concentrates really on the power dynamic between Meryl Street and Tom Hanks versus the US government.
0: Again, you've got to get your priorities, haven't you? It's got to be focused enough to keep the tension, to keep the quality that high if you start adding other elements in for pacifying other other um parties maybe that takes something yeah. away i'd imagine it probably would yeah but, i think so yeah. yeah okay well um earlier on we I, I mentioned to you just in the break that i uh, made a spelling mistake or well, a typo and i needed to do a double double letter spelling on my titles and you said oh forrest gump <laughs> And I said, it might be that, or it might be Captain Phillips. It was Forrest Gump, just for your interest, um, so yes. I misspelled. I can't believe I put it with one R. Um, but it could have been Captain Phillips, because Captain I've got that in my... film. I've got that in my top five. It's at number two. I've got Captain Phillips, which is a great film. I've just pressed something, which means I can't read what I was going to read. Uh, the true story of Captain Richard Phillips and the 2009 hijacking by Somali pirates, a very uh, topical theme of the time. Um, yeah. Of the US-flagged MV Mesk, Alabama, the first American cargo ship to be hijacked in 200 years, which in itself is quite an intriguing proposition, isn't it? Yeah. Um I think this film has, I mean, first of all, a brilliant performance by him in the central is. role. He's obviously Again, the captain on the, on the like ship. The,
1: the, the camera's on him for two hours. Yeah. 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 Just like Big. <laughs>
0: <He'll> wait, <laughs> the other most important film, film he's made, yeah. <laughs> no, uh, it is, it's interesting. It's a good role for him. I think it's feasible, it's plausible, so he fits the role. I think, again, it's a serious role. So this is where we start to see, along with other films, yeah. his serious acting talent, as well as his film oh, style. definitely. Field. 100%. I think, I can't remember his name. I've forgotten to write it down. The name of the guy who plays the main Somali pirate. He's, he's fantastic. I'm, I, he's I'm, absolutely brilliant. I have to say, he probably, he probably wins pr- the day, day in the acting stakes. He's yeah. terrifying. And really, got, he's popped up in a couple of other things as well afterwards, where he, he was excellent. He's such yeah. a good actor. I hope to see more of him. Sorry, I can't remember his name at the time. But, you know, the, again, the, all of the side roles are well played. So you've got that element. You've got the drama. The intrigue of it is the fact yeah. that this, seemed, this seems like a castle, this ship, doesn't it? Oh, I know. It seems inaccessible. You think you've got this huge high-sided... They're literally
1: like... I mean, they talk about pirates, and you think of, like, Jack Sparrow, but in real life, they're in, they're in these tiny little rowboats, you know, trying to get aboard.
0: Proportionally, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. This, this is, you know... The, yeah, exactly. This this seems... My first impression watching the story unfold is, well, you know, what what's the disadvantage here? Surely you just go no thanks, we're not going to let you on board. And yes. uh, we won't go into the details, we'll, we'll leave it to anyone that hasn't seen it to, to discover it for themselves. But, you know, circumstances prevail that, uh, yes, a hijack occurs and... I think it's just very tense. I think it is. the there's there's three or four moments, isn't there, in this where yeah. you think, whoa, what's going to happen here? I've just watched the latest episode of Line of Duty and they've, they've left it on a real cliffhanger. Yeah, it's it got has. that element, has not it? Yeah. There's guns pointed and that sort of thing. Um, there's some Paul, real, Paul, real drama in this.
1: Paul Greengrass, who directed it, he, yeah. he has a kind of real documentary kind of style feel. There's no big yeah. kind of like, Steady cam shots, it's literally a guy on a camera running after the act, and it's the same as the 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 second and third Bourne films he did, he was mostly known for before he did this. I think the Bourne Supremacy and the Bourne Ultimatum. Yeah, he he has it's almost like you're in the room with them, you know, and the Hmm. the camera bounces around. There's not that much use of music, it's kind of quite spare. It's almost you feel kind of almost in the room with them, and it it could be terrifying in a story like this. (laughs)
0: Yeah, it's um it really is, and I think I mean you did the, the flight. I can't remember the, the one about the airplane disaster as well. Um yeah, no, it was, it was the uh, it was September the eleventh one, was it? United ninety three or what? Yeah, that's it. United ninety three. I mean, in in a sense, I I felt there was a lot of similarities in tone. This, yeah. I mean, it's not terrorism; it's piracy, but it's kind of in the same general ballpark. Yeah. Um, somebody imposing themselves suddenly in in a scenario of terror um and it's about the tension that's that's what it is it's, yeah. it's really about the tension um as you said greengrass the director billy ray the screenwriter um i'm just having a look at the cast and crew to try and find out the name of that guy so i feel really bad hopefully he's been
1: in other things since
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> because he Brady deserves Park. a long and distinguished career because he's you know he's
1: mesmerizing yeah. in this
0: Barkhad abdi there he is Barkhad abdi as Muse. um he is I, I would guess from that name that he is somali i've met a number of somali and abdi features very prominently in okay. that culture so i think he is genuinely somali that's again one of these things you want you want genuine characters or genuine actors that fit the role yeah. um but he's quite menacing and it was an issue there's a big issue around somali uh, piracy wasn't there at around oh, yeah. this sort of time um on a it'll different make, it'll make this- a good
1: double bill with uh uh Black Hawk down for if you want to have a Somalian <laughs> evening. Yeah, Somalian
0: even evening, yeah. <laughs>
1: you wouldn't have um, any fingernails left at the end. Yeah.
0: It's interesting peoples as well. I've I've met a number of very intelligent. Um it seems to be the general vibe I get, by the way, from uh, from that back nation. Um yeah. which um whatever you can make of that. But it's anyway, it's um it's a really, really tense thriller. Um yeah. simple as that. Captain Phillips. Obviously, Tom Hanks is in the main role, and I think he he just feels extremely believable in that role. He does. And I do think at this era, he was really taking on the acting uh, credentials, yeah. wasn't he? He wasn't just being a star; he was no. showing his his metal. I think. Yeah. I think to some degree, he is underrated still. In that side, I do. That I think people take him being... for
1: granted. I was just saying earlier, if you're yeah, thinking, think if we're going to do a be- best actor to do a podcast on, I don't think your mind automatically goes to Tom Hanks. You'd be, you think of someone, who, you know, you'd be thinking of, I don't know, like Robert De Niro or Al Pacino or, or these people yeah. that, you know, that are, that are kind of cari- kind of big character actors. But I think he was an excellent guy to kind of go with, go with first because he's just so underrated.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think that star status is the reason for that. Yeah. I do think he's, he's gained the majority of the grounds that he needed to gain in terms of that uh, credibility now. Um, I think people do realize and recognize him as a good actor. I don't think it's about, you know, Forrest Gump. I think it's about stuff later. Yeah. yeah he's done Captain Phillips. He's done Bridge of Spies that you mentioned. Um, Road to Position, which is kind of, yeah, on some similar, Kind of tone to *Bridge of Spies* uh, in some Sully, respects.
1: Sunny I thought, was an absolutely brilliant film. We'll, we'll get onto that later.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay, we'll well, will we? Oh, okay. Later. Well, or no, later, I mean, later? yeah, later. later. <laughs> I feel You'll pretty sure we got the same out. number one. <laughs> 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 well, we'll find out in a minute. Yeah. Later it is means number one. Later, later means other other people's views, which we're going to yes. read out Yeah. and and other films worthy of note. Yeah. Okay, so that's my number two. So it's time for the drum roll. But it's time for. It's getting boring, ones.
1: isn't it? We have the same number one for everything. I'm pretty sure you've got for saving Private Ryan, haven't you?
0: I'm not telling you until you've done your
1: thing. <laughs> so, following the this Normandy Land. By landings, the way, this could be
0: really controversial, maybe. okay. Maybe not.
1: <laughs> um, so, follow it. This, this yep. is a Steven Spielberg Tom Hanks film that is based on. Kind of the events that happen but it's not based on specific people uh, it basically starts with the Normandy landings as I'm sure everybody knows because we'll be getting into that opening scene very shortly and yeah. it follows a group of US soldiers who go behind enemy lines to retrieve a paratrooper whose brothers have been killed in action so yeah Matt Damon has got three brothers I think and they've all died in the same weekend and they thought his parents didn't deserve them all to possibly die so they sent a team in to come in and rescue him yeah Ah, this is yeah. the one, isn't it? This is the daddy. This is the best war film ever by a country mile. Let's be perfectly Oof. honest. <laughs> oh, well, then, we're not doing
0: war films. Now everyone knows you're number one, don't they? Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, go on, go on. Please say, well, can I just mention at this stage that the first, I think it's 30 minutes. 24 minutes. minutes. I did, I, 24, I haven't tied it. I thought it'd be yeah, something yeah. like that. It wouldn't be a round figure. The first 24 minutes were utterly superb. There's no doubt about that. You watch that film, I don't think I read anything or heard anything about it before I went in. Nothing much anyway. Yeah. So I didn't I wasn't prepared for, which is the best way, wasn't prepared for what was. So about the first twenty
1: four minutes is the landing yeah. on the beach at Normandy. Yeah. And it's the I mean, there's few cinematic experiences quite like what you go through following these guys up the beach while the German machine gunners fire on them the whole time. It's,
0: it's, 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 it's electric, isn't it? it? It is amazing cinema because they've got this starchy picture, haven't they, that creates a sense of kind of almost unrealness, I suppose, for want of a better word. Um, it, it creates a, a certain majesty but terror yeah. at the same time.
1: They changed the shutter it's, time on the cameras, I think, so they got this sort of staccato movement. So it's more yeah, kind of accurate to yeah. what it would have been like being in. That. Yeah.
0: And I think which is what, which is what um, veterans have said is is well, yeah, a mean, sense of the reality. A
1: lot of veterans, both of um, Second World War and Vietnam, have said, "Yeah, this is this is it." And, um, so, um, counselling services for Vietnam vets, in requests for increased massively after this film was released because of the sheer level of ptsd that so many of them had and they all went in the cinema and 10 minutes in they were weeping and they were being carried out and you could quite understand why Mm. so famously for spielberg um he normally um storyboards absolutely everything but for this, he just got the beach. He got a beach in Ireland. He got fifteen hundred extras. He got about thirty amputees in just as extras to look like they had limbs blown off, and, and he just filmed it on a whim, kind of as you go, following the people up the up the beach from one place to one place to one place, and you, you know, what I mean, your heartbeats just going like this the whole time. It's it's nothing, there's, there's
0: nothing else in the film, anything like it. It is brilliant cinema. That first twenty four minutes is brilliant cinema. Um, there's no doubt about it. You are blown away. You're going, oh, my God, you really feel like you are there. You feel like there's a sense of chaos, destruction. it, it becomes it feels like a, you're in hell, but then not yeah. quite in hell. There's something just not that isn't actually that. But um, I, I've not been in any, any conflicts, obviously. But if I had and if that does represent as well as any cinema I could do, that then, then I think um, commendations to that. I think it's yeah, it's great. I, mean, I do. I love the concept as well of the as you mentioned about three brothers, um, and that's kind of heartfelt for anybody, isn't it? Um, you don't want to, to have the news all three of your children have been lost. Yeah. So that's a good. In, that's an interesting premise as well um, for the later part of the story. I, personally, I think I don't think the rest of the film lives up to those first twenty. It's never minutes. going to though, is it? But it's thing, still yeah. fantastic.
1: It's hmm. still Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I mean I love the rest, them. So, I mean, the rest of the film. So I mean the rest of the film it's so I mean the rest of the cast, so Tom Hanks is the captain. Um and he's got Tom Sizemore who was um undergoing quite a lot of drug issue problems at the time and was being threatened of being fired at any moment oh, really? they were their daily testing him Um, you've got Edward yeah. Burns Barry Pepper Giovanni Ribisi Vin Diesel I think it's Vin Diesel's first role um, Adam Goldberg and Jeremy Davis they all Vin look Diesel. they all look oh. like proper proper squad squaddies you know and they and we follow them, and I think the 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 the, the end on the bridge with the snipers, I and mean, I think that's another sequence which is absolutely fantastic. You almost feel like, and as you you go through the streets of Normandy and you see the 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 villages, the small villages, with bits blown up everywhere. You honestly, I don't, I, I mean, obviously, I wasn't anywhere near World War Two, but I think this is about as close as you can get to kind of experiencing it in in a, in a cinema or,
0: any kind of yeah, and in it's. That way. it's... It's spurned a number of other things of, of the same type, hasn't it? There's been a number yeah. of war films that have had that same...
1: There was a massive resurgence in American interest in World War II after this. And one of the things that it really influenced was video games. So I'm yeah. not a big gamer, yeah. but there was a game that came out not long after that called um, uh, Medal of Honor, which basically just copied <laughs> Saving <laughs> Private Riot. And that was like it sold by the absolute bucket load. And um, it's had a profound influence on many, many subsequent films. I mean, before he made Dunkirk, Christopher Nolan sat down with Spielberg and said, you know, mm. let's have your notes
0: then. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing is, of course, um mentioned about things that it's inspired and that whole thing of the zip and you're not actually, it's not just <laughs> gun kind of things or ta-ta-ta-ta-ta-ta-ta. ta yeah, you have yeah. actually just got this zip and this, this notion that, something happens you've been hit you don't know you've been hit for a few seconds and no. uh, the audience don't know either and then suddenly they've done their homework you know,
1: so that apparently hmm. they got they got exactly the kind of right sort of landing craft that they used they got the ping of the of the guns and the underwater yeah. bits when you, when you see the sort of the, the bullets go through the water I mean everything
0: it's it's just hmm. completely immersive cinema was this the making of him as a on that serious actor side of his, uh, of his, uh, I, th- I think Philadelphia
1: right? kind of laid the ground mm. rule for this. Mm. I mean, this film. It, I mean, it's t- it is twenty three years old now, but it still lo- looks like it was made
0: yesterday, and it's got that it, that feel about yeah. it. It's yeah. incredible. We've, we've, we've got to mention at this stage as well, you, as you said, twenty three years old, nineteen ninety eight. Three years later, in two thousand and one, a TV series that was possibly oh, yeah, one of the of first. Band of Brothers, yeah. They're doing a third first... one now,
1: apparently. They're making one at the moment.
0: Oh, so they did The yeah. Pacific,
1: was the second one, and I think they're making a third
0: one now. And I'll yeah. be first in line for that to be horrified and cry. Yeah, because that, <laughs> that very much was taking the essence of those first 24 minutes, wasn't it, to put it bluntly? Yeah. and I'm stretching it out to nine episodes or whatever, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it's interesting. That, and that had a very good cast. Damien Lewis, who went on to be a big star. You've got uh, I think the guy. Simon <laughs> david schwimmer yes, <laughs> yeah and you, you've got a number of yeah a number of actors who weren't famous at the time you've got um i've forgotten his name as well there's a guy who's in a couple of vietnam films as well i can't remember his name one, not the, very... the
1: guy um who was in new kids in the block is brilliant in it donnie Wahlberg, he was in oh, okay fantastic
0: okay. i can't remember the name of the guy i'm thinking of there's a guy with big ears um <laughs> um, it's not gonna it's not gonna come to me but he's in i think he's in jfk and a few other things like that yeah, yeah. and he's again he's one of these sidemen guys he's never in a major role but he's always really good really yeah. really engaging on the screen yeah so amongst hank's films i think yeah you've got to put it at number one so i've gone with that as well i have to say i'm, I'm actually seriously thinking at the this is controversial I'm seriously thinking of revamping my five at the last minute. <laughs> that means that,
1: like, I'm hoping that that means I've been quite, you know, argumentative and uh, influential yeah. in that.
0: Yeah, I think I think looking at this, I think that actually, I'll, I'll go with Private Ryan at far, uh, number one. I'll stick with Captain Phillips at two because it was yeah. in there. Let's 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 keep it there. Forrest Gump. Joe, um, you know what I'm going to put? I'm going to put the post at number three.
1: As go. well, because I, I
0: agree with you that that is actually great. So I'm going to push push forest to number four, and actually I'm getting rid. Of Catch me if you can. I keep it big. No, no, getting rid of big as well. Getting rid and of I'm big. I'm going to put Bridge of, Science, uh, Bridge of oh, Spies. Bridge of not Spies, not Bridge of size oh, Bridge of Spies is in, two films in Yeah, yeah. I'm putting I'm putting two films in. So I've got Bridge of Spies at five, forest Gump at four, The Post at three, Phillips at two. Ryan at one. I've got so that. Does that
1: mean we've got four the same? I think they've. Yeah, I think we have. Right. Yeah,
0: yeah. You've persuaded me, Phil. Yeah. there you and, go. And do you know what? I was humming and airing about Saving Private Ryan at number one amongst his films because I'm not convinced the rest of the film.
1: See, a lot of people say that. I don't see it. I mean, yeah. it's fan- it's I mean, fantastic. It's brilliant. Thought, I mean, it's, it's not, not as exhausting. As and mm. yeah, I mean. It's got this um, sort of reputation of being the smoke on the water of 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 cinema, which starts with a really big bang and then it kind of drivels out. But it it's not. It's that it's. I think that you when you follow them through, you see them camping out in the church. You see the the bit of the bridge at the end. You see hmm. what happens when they catch a German soldier. And I mean, there's so many interesting things and it just makes you want to go and watch more war films and find out more about the second world war and think god this is what my grandparents you know lived
0: through certainly that that um owes a debt doesn't it or sorry it gives a debt to the um to the likes of 1917 that we mentioned on the 2020s episode um a film that just had that has that realism to it that becomes a thing doesn't it it was more stylized war films beforehand I think, know, the, the I think Spielberg. Shots, yeah, and I think Spielberg everything. again.
1: He also watched quite a lot of film footage from the time, the newsreel footage, and kind of mm. tried to incorporate that into into it, so that it kind yeah. of it really looks the part. Just like Bridge of Spies, you know. Yeah. Just like yeah. Catch Me If You Can. Just like The Post. There's yeah. been a lot of Spielberg yeah. here, but every single one of those, he's actually nailed the look and feel and the, and
0: and the um the yeah the, the kind of the style of the film. Hmm. And what I found, by the way, just as a slight digression, what I found really interesting about, um, they shall not grow old. Have you seen that? Well, they've colorized yeah, old footage. Yeah, Peter bushes. Jackson. Yeah. Uh, Peter Jackson. Of course you've seen it. I forgot it's Peter Jackson. Of course you've therefore seen it. <laughs> Massive fan <laughs> of his, aren't you? Um, that was interesting as well, because that sort, I'm not a big fan of colorizing films generally, but yeah. I think in this case, that actually right, gave life, didn't it? It gave life to those people. And so it was slightly did- surreal, but, it, and
1: so this didn't win the Oscar for best film. Do you know what did? Go on, tell me.
0: Hold oh, no, on, hold on, hold on. Which it was this Shakespeare 19... in Love. Oh no! Beat no, no, this no, 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 to no. the Oscar winner for best film. <laughs> I didn't mind Shakespeare in Love, but I'm still saying oh, no, come, no, 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 yeah. no, no. no. <laughs> it's, it's quite passive. <laughs> what but... are they on? <laughs> this is why I don't like the Oscars. Exactly. Uh, because I never, I hardly to, ever agree with them. The farce. even when i do agree with them they announce it wrongly (laughs) moonlight everybody that's uh yeah so there we go so there we have our our five i hated Um,
1: moonlight i really did
0: did you
1: oh okay i thought it it was so boring nothing i mean it was well acted and it was but there was no story and it i didn't really like and i just couldn't get on with it you could say at that all. about a number of films, I reckon, some of yeah, which you might actually like. Some, yeah, no, I, I, yeah. I, it's one of those ones where, uh, one of those occasions again where something's been hyped up and you go in to expect a moving experience and then you watch it and you think I, I, I don't like that at
0: all. Well, is that, is that the problem? Is it the fact that you're getting hyped up by the time you saw it? Because that can be a thing, can't it? I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, yeah. I, I, I just well, can't get on with it. Well, we've got, we've got some listeners top fives and other suggestions and comments to, to come. We've also going to talk about the wider list of Tom Hanks as well, a little bit. Just, yes, for honorable mentions to other films that we haven't touched on or, or those, some of it's those. Quite a have. long list. Yes. Shall we do that? Is that going to be part three or do we want to do part of this before the? Yeah. Should we, should we, should we carry on? Yeah. We'll carry on if everybody else is okay. If yeah. not, just pause for a while and then play again. So should we have a quick run a through of the ones that we like? Yeah, so I mean, I kind of having revised my top five. Clearly, then I I'm now saying, catch me if you can, and Big are the ones that just missed out. Yeah. So so that's that done. Yeah. Beyond that, so um
1: um, I mean, I've got a massive list of them in front of me, but the I if I think if I had to put a number six in it. Or seven. I, I really wanted to try and get Philadelphia in. I think that's a fantastic film. He's almost unrecognisable in it. You don't realise it's Tom Hanks. It's the most un-Tom Hanks film hmm. you can possibly watch. Denzel Washington's absolutely brilliant in it as well.
0: Could that be could that be a top fives of un-Tom Hanks films? If have yeah. Tom Hanks films. Let's do un-Tom Hanks films. <laughs> but
1: it's a great... It's a, it's a strange film to watch. I watched it again last week. And it's a strange film to watch now because... I like to think the world's moved on in the 28 years or whatever since that film came out. And I think quite a lot of the kind of the, the views that were held back then, I like to think have been grown up a little bit since then. I hmm. I hope so. And I've, it, it's a quite an interesting watch as a kind of period piece is it, that's what the world was like 30 years ago to, yeah. wa- to watch it now. And it, it yeah, it
0: had me bawling my eyes out at the end. Oh, right. Okay. So really affected <laughs> you. That's interesting. Because yeah. I... I liked it. I thought it was a good film. I thought he was very good in it. Again, there was this issue about the casting, but whatever, you know, it is what it yeah. is. But he, he, yeah, I thought he was very good in it. Um, it's what it's, uh, 1993, is it? So I think yes. a year before yeah. Ryan, wasn't it? Um, and I think, yeah, I don't, I don't think it was a great film, but it was a good film. It was interesting. Yeah. I enjoyed watching it. Um, I think it raised some issues, maybe dealt yeah. with some things in a way that I think part of the community that it, Portrays yeah weren't happy with which is interesting yeah certain definitely. Elements. I'm not, I couldn't go into detail because I can't remember but um but I think there was elements of that wasn't there um
1: um so the, yeah. so uh, moving on from there um mm. I watched Apollo 13 again recently and that's a cracking <laughs> him again playing someone that actually lived and that's a really good tight taut um, Ron Howard thriller based on obviously the the space mission and I found that absolutely fascinating.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I said Bridge of Spies is the one that just had missed out on my original five, but uh, Apollo 13 was in the running for a while as well, because it yeah. is a good, good story. At the moment... It can keep you captivated when you know the outcome, or most yes, people do anyway. No, no,
1: exactly. Um, hmm. um, uh, at the moment, I'm watching a series on Apple called For All Mankind, which is a kind of science fiction history show in this, that's based on the, pre- uh, the, the kind of... Um, idea that the russians beat the americans to have the first man on the moon so nixon got mm-hmm. obsessed with sending more people to the moon so they massively up their space program and want to build a moon base and etc etc and it's got a lot of the same pe- real life people in that and it's kind of watching apollo 13 at the same time as watching that give me a massive knowledge of the the the, the, <laughs> the nasa program all right okay it's quite interesting okay, yeah and how, yeah. it was all, how it was all set up by Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. No, yeah, yeah. because so yeah, basically after World War II, uh, the Americans had this thing called Operation, this is completely digressive, I know, I find this thing sort of fascinating. After World War II, Americans had this thing called Operation Paperclip, where they got all the rocket scientists, they took 1,600 of them, who'd all built the B- V2s and the V1s and everything, and they moved them over to America, and they're the guys that basically built the, the space, their
0: space program. Oh, right. Okay. It's interesting. Yeah. Anyway, that's a conversation for another time. So I do like those sort of stories where it just tells you about a slice of life or a part of history that you, yeah, it's not hugely famous, but it's something that's actually yeah. really interesting to find out about.
1: Hmm. Um, moving further down the list, and feel free to interrupt. Um, I, I, I enjoyed the Green Mile. Um, yes, yeah. We spoke about the Shawshank Redemption earlier. That was Frank Darabont. This was kind of Frank Darabont's follow-up another Stephen King adaptation it's three hours long of some guys yeah. on sitting about on death row but it, it's
0: a really nice story and it's a really nice film yeah yeah same very much of the same world as Shawshank Redemption apart from the supernatural element but uh, um yes or potentially so yeah but it's yeah decent solid film news of the world we've already mentioned in, in one of his newest ones um there's a few other ones which I mean Splash you mentioned one of yeah. his early films saving mister Banks got a good um, yeah. reception didn't it which i, I quite like he plays walk another
1: real life person yeah
0: yeah exactly he's done it again um i mean it's a nice film i don't think it's gonna ever pull yeah. up any trees but it's it's good i think both the the leads are really good emma thompson isn't it i think is it emma thompson i'm going mad but that is right isn't
1: it yeah i think so yeah
0: yeah, yeah. um and um yeah it's a good solid story big fan of mary poppins so you know I, I was kind of interested to hear the backstory to it the sherman brothers who do the music for that and a number of other famous films like jungle book and various other things they were very much the classical hollywood songwriters pretty much the um resident songwriters for for hollywood um, amongst others and yeah good solid film one film that we not mentioned so far i don't think we have or did we road to perdition yeah i didn't really
1: get on with um, i i I don't really get on with Sam Mendes, and I've got no idea why. Mm. Especially as he's done bomb films. There's something about Sam Mendes films that just leave me a little bit cold. I don't know what it is. Uh, I, I, oh, I mean, yeah. it's it's all right. It's okay. It's quite interesting to see him play not a baddie, but not a goodie either. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's 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 interesting enough, but um, yeah, I I, I just can't quite get my get into sam mendes films as, as a whole most of his films just leave me just feeling a little bit distant
0: interesting yeah i mean it's got your namesake paul newman in it as well it has yeah e- even so yeah
1: one of his final <laughs> roles yeah um i thought sully uh, miracle on the hudson clint eastwood film um from about five years ago that's that's brilliant that's i, I haven't I seen that one actually it's really it's well worth watching really really worth watching um I thought um, so. Another film we haven't mentioned I didn't really enjoy that much. Uh, Another Robert Zemeckis film would be Cast Away. Yeah, I haven't seen that either. Actually,
0: there's a lot of love for it,
1: um, and I Hmm. can't really see why. I mean, we talked about films with Tom Hanks in being in almost every frame. Two and a half hours of him talking to a basketball stretched even my Hanks-loving (laughs) patience. One film I would like to talk about. which I tried really hard to get into my top five, but couldn't.
0: Uh, is Cloud Atlas? I absolutely right. Love this is that interesting. Film. I've got a bit of correspondence on that matter, which we'll come to in a minute. But go, go ahead, go on, yeah.
1: I mean, it's if you haven't seen it, it's done by the Wachowskis, the same guys who did The Matrix, and it's mm-hmm. also uh, it's done by them and Tom Tikwa, the guy who did Run Lola Run that we mentioned earlier, and yeah. uh, it's sort of six stories set across six different time periods four of which are in the past and two of which are in the future with the with the same actors playing different characters so you get to see tom hankson is playing east end gangster yeah (laughs) yeah which is not something you'll see anywhere else um and i i mean it's three hours and it's quite a meditative film i mean there is a little bit of action but it's absolutely gorgeous to watch it's absolutely beautiful i Mm. thought it was great i mean i couldn't fit it in the top five but I quite wanted to try and crowbar in because it's a film I think this needs to be spoken about a bit more I think it's quite it's a little bit arty and I think that might put a few people off but if if you kind of want to kind of have big themes and, and interesting mm. things and watch a beautiful film acted, written directed, brilliant and Hank says himself it's one of his favourite films that he's done I think it's the, and, and they couldn't get back in for it so I think Hank's um, I think it's the biggest indie film ever made in terms of budget um, hmm. uh, i love it i think it's excellent
0: i I've, uh, as i mentioned just now i haven't seen castaway and i have to confess i haven't seen clown atlas either i think part of the reason was i was put off by some poor reviews um i know i shouldn't listen to just reviews yeah. but i was very busy with cinema going at the time yeah, put it true. that way had to make some choices but um, so i can't really comment myself um but isn't it based on a book or
1: something it's both, both right? a book by david mitchell not the david mitchell that's in peep show it's but ba- it's a <laughs> um, based <laughs> on would a bit interesting yeah based on a book by um uh the, the english author david mitchell so he wrote he so i think he got on quite well with the murkowski so they made a tv series for netflix again with tom Were called sense eight which david yeah. mitchell wrote part of which covers a lot of the same dna it's a very funny kind of similar world to that if you ever seen sense eight cloud atlas is kind of a, a film kind of very sort of similar kind of film type in that it's got lots of different stories kind of stranded together across yeah. mul- multi- multiple kind of
0: timelines and yeah. geographical locations. Well, one of our listeners, a mate of mine actually, Josh, who's in Charlotte, North Carolina, Englishman Abroad, he, he said, um, his top, well, his his comments on Hank's in general, he said, can only go with the ones I've seen but some obvious standouts. He went Forrest Gump, Saving Private Ryan, Castaway. And then he said, also some more unthought of or controversial ones. And he said, I genuinely rate Clown Atlas. So you're not alone on that one. I agree. You've Um, got excellent taste, Josh. (laughs) He'll be pleased with that one. He also went on to say, and I know we've already said that we're going to do this as a separate subject, but he did mention at the time, for an entire generation of children, he was the voice actor and a damn good one too for Woody. One of, if not the most iconic protagonists in an animated movie possibly ever. Voice acting doesn't get the credit it deserves sometimes, but I think it's fully justified here. And, yeah, I completely concur with that. I, I do think voice acting is underrated. I think when it's done well, I don't think there's enough people um, of really good quality getting the credit they deserve. Obviously, we're not considering animation in this one, but it's interesting that uh, that's got flagged up there. Um, Another film that that? I
1: watched that we didn't actually... Um... Uh, mentioned so far is another real life person Feb rogers a beautiful day in the neighborhood um, yes i, that was I be- haven't that was seen another- this
0: either <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was brilliant i mean he's I, I obviously wasn't aware of him he's an american tv uh kids tv presenter who i think is famous for being the most lovely person that ever lived and the whole film is about a journalist who goes to meet him to try and kind of get under his skin and find out whether is he really that genuinely and really that lovely. Um, and he is, <laughs> and it's it's Which kind is, of shares yeah. a lot of DNA again with kind of sort of Forrest Gump. It, it, it's, it's just, it's just watching him be nice to people is, it's something quite uplifting about that, especially when you're stuck at home in a
0: pandemic. It's, it's well worth watching. Yeah. Just on a quick digression on Sam Mendes, so American Beauty, I thought, was one of those films that had been overrated I thought because so. it was so big Up, I, I didn't mind it, but I don't think it, it was that right. great. I think if great. I watched it again now, I might appreciate it more. Road to Perdition, I quite liked. Jarhead, I quite liked. Revolutionary Road, I didn't. Uh, Skyfall, I did. Films. Spectre, not, not as good right. as Skyfall. How, how can in you mess up a
1: James Bond film with Christopher Waltz in it?
0: Yes, indeed. <laughs> well, there is that I mean, it's there too. for you, you know. <laughs> yeah. but 1917,
1: back, yeah. We spoke about
0: 1917. We mentioned all the early we'll co- ones, haven't we? we mentioned so a couple of ones. other
1: films to talk about. Uh, one very briefly yeah. in passing. Uh, there's a film came out last year that didn't get in our 2020 called Greyhound. So this is yeah. a, another true life story. This one was actually scripted by Hank's. He, um, he wrote the script for this. Um, it's based on he's an American naval captain during World War Two. It's an hour and a half long, and it's essentially one action scene for an hour and a half as they just try to get through waters with no air cover, with U-boats coming down on them. And it's only an hour and a half. It's not like vintage classic, but if you want a really tense hour and a half World War II kind of Saving Private Ryan follow-up, well worth watching i thought it was very good
0: right okay yeah yeah one to and check another
1: out. one that we ha- well another three films that we haven't actually mentioned at all are the robert langdon ones the dan brown books so i've seen yes. all three of those so mm-hmm. um i i think dan brown is possibly the worst author that's ever written he can tell a good story but god his english
0: is awful i try reading one of his books before. i 100 agree with you
1: I, I, mean, stopped, I stopped right. reading.
0: I, well, I read the first one and it's, the, I just it's like by a fourteen year old who yeah, anyway. Doing an um, English essay, yeah. The Da Vinci Co. got quite
1: a bad press, another Ron Howfield. film. I thought it was all right. I watched it with my kids again quite recently and they thought it was absolutely fascinating. Um I thought Angel and Demons a follow up was pretty rubbish. And then they did a third one called Inferno, which was all right, it's quite a good little thriller. If you want a bit of Saturday night TV,
0: you could do a lot worse. I've heard very, very bad things about these films. I've read the Da Vinci Code, the first book. I haven't read any of the other books because I couldn't stand his, his prose. is terrible. He was awful, um, isn't it? Yeah, he? Yeah, he really is. He's a poor writer. Your plotting is, is, yeah, whatever, but you have to be able to, to write to a good level as well. I just don't think he did. So I'm, I'm very jealous that he's made money from the lack of talent in that regard. But the films I stayed well away from on the basis that I just, I'd Already read the first book, so I didn't need to know the story. Yeah, um, rough. not for me at all, I have to say. Um, he's been in some. We mentioned all the early comedies, haven't we? There's yeah, the Punchline, there's the Burbs, there's Joe versus the Volcano, Turner and Hooch. Um, I'm trying to think of a few others in that Dragnet.
1: era,
0: Dragnet, yeah, Joe yeah, versus yeah, the Dragnet.
1: Volcano. He was in the, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Um,
1: he's the in Money the Bonfire pit. of the
0: Vanities,
1: which was yeah, a, so that was a massive flop, wasn't it? So, um, yeah, that's one of That's an absolutely Brilliant book by Tom Wolfe. It's a yeah, really scything yeah. kind of attack on kind of 80s yuppies, and it's yeah. a fantastic book. But what they tried to do was condense a kind of like thousand page, you know, almost impenetrable character driven novel into like a two hour kind of was it Brian De Palma? I can't remember who directed it. I think it might be Brian. Um, um, well, um, and it I... just and they just didn't get the tone right at all. Um, it, they tried to make it. They took out away a lot of the cynicism. They dropped a lot of the characters. It it yeah. just didn't. Yeah, it work is
0: Brian Palmer, by the way. Yeah, it is Brian. Yeah, good old Brian. <laughs> yeah, we've, yeah, we spoke.
1: We spoke about the um, Cohen brothers earlier. That he did the Lady, the Lady Killers remake with Tom Hanks. I didn't really, that hmm. didn't really think much of that. I've got to be honest.
0: No, I, I, didn't think it needed remaking. If a film is perfect, why bother? Psycho remake? What were you doing? Lady Killers yeah. remake? Even though it's the Coens, and I give it? them a lot of slack. I, I yeah, oh. yeah. I did like the. What are this hippity-hop music? That was that was quite a funny <laughs> line. Apart from that, not not impressed. League of Their Own, Sleepless in Seattle. I did, I, I, I think I watched that. I can't even remember, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he um, had a, a couple
1: of films with Noah Rafferty. Um, you got yeah. one
0: as well, yeah. Another one I haven't seen is That Thing You Do, which I think was quite popular. Yeah, I think he directed um, that, I think. I think he did, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah I think he's, was on he's directed, a yeah. Kind of boy, uh, sort of like a 60s boy band pop theme, was it, I think, something like that? Yeah. He did direct it and he wrote it as well.
1: Yeah yeah um and the last film to mention and i think we can kind of go through uh, the top fives is um i've spoken a lot about my love for steven spielberg and tom Hanks working together and i truly detest the terminal it's rubbish <laughs> it's just it's two hours of watching him walk around move a couple of chairs together there's a kind of complete love story that just doesn't work at all and just
0: dissipate i don't know what they were thinking to well, give it a wide birth. Yeah, I'm not I'm, I saw it, wasn't I wasn't over impressed past the time. That's all How I How can, can you say have so it, many really?
1: skillful people involved in the film that just produced such a
0: massive turd? I have tried. No so you do not have you've got mail at number one. I'm very surprised. I don't. haven't, no. Mm, yeah. Yeah, very disappointing, but what can we say? <laughs> um we've got a few listener. And top fives as well to mention. Should we, should we do that in part three? Should we do a third part? Yeah, that sounds good. Think? Yeah, I have a quick break, and then we'll be back. One moment. <laughs> so, is this one of those films where you think you've had the final scene, and then they add an extra bit in? Maybe that's it's what Return of the King,
1: where it goes on for about forty-five minutes.
0: another one where he's bouncing on the bed for no no good reason whatsoever at the end of the long journey (laughs) well we've had quite a few top fives have been sent to us by our correspondents listeners etc thank you to all of you for participating
1: and feel free in future you can either obviously mention it but we do have a um twitter at film fives and a facebook film fives feel free to follow and correspond via that way too there's not much happening on them at the moment but i'm hoping that'll pick up at some point when i actually start using them a bit more
0: (laughs) and we'll definitely read anything that you do send in that's uh intended for reading out on the show definitely um also if you do subscribe uh, or if you don't subscribe please subscribe if you do subscribe um then you can I think you can also review if you're on certain platforms such as Apple, please yeah. do it will help us get more recognized and get more listeners. Why, why just suffer yourselves when everyone else can as well? Um exactly. so if you could hit the five star reviews on Apple, if you can write yeah. reviews, all of that stuff helps create exposure and um and also put us up the rankings and 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 easier to find, basically, for other listeners, um, which may or may not be a good thing. Who knows? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But anyway, for the the correspondence we have had, there's been a few top fives thrown in and there's a lot of different orders to these, I have to say. Oh, okay. Are they the same sort of films? We'll see. Uh, some of them are some of them aren't um oh, okay. you'll hear as we go into it my good friend Addy has sent his in i'm going to start with him he's gone for bridge of spies at number five which after some prevar- prevarication i ended up with i think at that, that spot i can't actually remember anymore he's gone for bridge of spies at five apollo 13 at number four he's gone for the green mile at number three. Oh, interesting turner and hooch at number <laughs> two <laughs> love it great oh, yeah. that was a good fun film actually i enjoyed that i think that the dog was actually physically bigger than tom hanks wasn't he? <laughs> it certainly felt like it and at number one he's clearly on the softy uh, mode here he's gone for big at number one oh, okay. interesting um some other um picks we've had as well we've got let's have a look we've got raymond wright he's written in and said road to perdition. You've got Mail, The Post, Bridge of Spies, and Saving Private Ryan. Didn't specify the order, but he said, a difficult choice as there are quite a few others I rate, like Apollo 13 and Philadelphia, and others I just enjoyed, like Big, Smash and Seatless, Sleepless in Seattle. Others where he gave surprising performances, like in A League of Their Own and Sully, Miracle on the Hudson, which you mentioned earlier, Phil, yeah. um, also come to mind. I haven't even mentioned, he says, Cast Away, The Green Mile, or catch me if you can the list is endless good luck when finalizing your list he'd said uh, yeah it's been <laughs> it's been quite it.
1: hard work my list has been bouncing backwards and forwards for the
0: last couple of weeks it's we not been easy decided. guys has it a lot of these people that have written in have said uh this is quite tough <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's a difficult question well robin woolley has said sleepless in seattle at five bridge of spies at four Well, he's gone... He didn't realise about the animation thing, but he's gone for Toy Story at three. Yeah. Um, Fair enough. Apollo 13 at number two, and you'll be pleased to know he's gone for Saving Private Ryan at number one. Saving Private Ryan is definitely the top of the number ones, isn't it? And rightly so. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've got another one here, which I've just momentarily lost. I'm going to have to come back to that one. In the meantime, um, I think...
1: (laughs) I've got your yeah, wife's mean, one here, so she's gone for... Oh,
0: let's go with that, yeah. Yeah,
1: Yeah, she's gone for Big, Saving Private Ryan, Road to Perdition, Captain Phillips, and Bridge of Spies.
0: Yeah, in no particular order, yeah. Yeah. That's because I was talking to her and didn't have a pen to hand at the time, so you wrote <laughs> it down for me. <laughs> exactly. In case you're wondering. Phil does not live with my wife, just to clarify. <laughs> um, we've got Alan. He said, so many to mention, but cannot ignore Saving Private Ryan, Forrest Gump. And the Toy Story series, he said, I always think of Hanks as the modern day Stuart. There uh, you again, go, agreeing with you, or Lemon, as in Jack Lemon, of course. Um, yeah, so that's interesting. He's um, throwing that one in, yeah, there's elements of Jack Lemon, I can sort of see why he's going with that one as well. Um, so that's that's interesting as well. Um, we've got um, we have as writing in, he said, Oh, this is hard for nostalgia, big. Oh, God, no, there's too many, he said. <laughs> Saving <laughs> Private Ryan. Saving Private Ryan was incredible at the time. He said, I love the airport one and the... Uh, terminal, horse, oh, no. Yeah, I know, sorry. And Castaway. Um, he mentions Forrest Gump at the top, Green Mile second, Saving Private Ryan third, the terminal fourth. Stop cringing, Phil. And, um, <laughs> and that number, and, and the big fifth, he said he loves Castaway, but the others come first um okay hmm, okay so he said that was stressful as well deciding it is <laughs> which is quite amusing um we've had a number of others as well let me just read through them already had robins haven't i we've got ian davis has gone for Castaway at five saving private Ryan at four big at three dragnet at two and, <laughs> hey, bachelor-, <Dan> at Croyd. <laughs> and bachelor party at number one Fantastic. bachelor
1: party oh good good man, God, i haven't ian, filmed I that it. film in years <laughs>
0: um Um, And a guy known as Rochdale, also known as Nick Ansley. Hello, Nick. He's gone for Big at Five, Castaway Four, Green Mile 3, Apollo 13 at Two, Saving Private Ryan at number one. He also goes on to say, Forrest Gump was too sickly sweet for my liking. So you need to go back and watch it.
1: You need to, because I thought that and then I watched it 25 years later. And
0: maybe I've just mellowed a bit and I'm a less angry uh, young man. (laughs) I loved it. Oh, Nick, Nick is probably an angry man who we might be, but Nick have, have another go and um, have another watch of it and see what you think. Cause Phil has, I, I don't think I'll change my opinion. I kind of quite liked it, but there, there, yeah, there we go. But um, yeah, Robin who had saving private Ryan at number one amongst others also um added in a beautiful day in the neighborhood is worthy of a mention. Yeah, that's great. So yeah, that's good as well. Um, uh, a guy called charlie responding to ian's number, uh, top five said so castaway is low at five i misjudged you he says as well so that's quite amusing um <laughs> let's see what else we've got we also have pete richardson he's gone for forrest gump at five the green mile at four castaway at three the da vinci code at number two interestingly okay, first, first controversially in yeah and it's not bad i mean it,
1: there's some good stuff in there i mean um Ian McKellen is, yeah. is pretty he's quite good fun in that. You know, he he's, he he makes quite a convincing, exiled, like an uh, older eccentric Englishman.
0: Yeah, yeah, fair enough. he's oh,
1: completely wasted. It's completely, <laughs> yeah. As I said, he I, I, well I haven't seen it, it,
0: so I, I yeah. can't comment. But yeah, he's got Saving Private Ryan at number one, Pete. That's so fair play to him. He also says, I haven't seen half of the Tom films when looking at the full list, so stuck to the blockbusters that I have seen. And finally, John Orchard, who we mentioned on our first episode.
1: Hi, a hi, John. A mutual friend of
0: ours. Hey, John. I don't uh, think I've seen has... him in
1: 30 years, but hi, John.
0: Yeah. Well, you'd like, John, because you mentioned Berlin earlier. He is a huge fan of German culture in general and Berlin in particular. So um, you you'd get on if you met him again, you'd definitely get on. And he has said in no particular order, big, sweet, innocent fun. Captain Phillips, Apollo 13, for both of those, you know what happens but still keep you very entertained. Yeah, we we said that. Pretty pretty much what we said, yeah. Forrest Gump, for the long-term tragic relationship with that girl he likes more than anything yeah um shaving ryan's privates yes we haven't mentioned the alternative title that is alternative i have
1: to be careful when i say saving private ryan I, once because once you've got that name in your head it's very difficult to get it out and it's quite you have to concentrate to make sure you don't say that one by mistake
0: and just to clarify they don't shave ryan's privates in the film do they no uh, do they save uh <laughs> private ryan you'll have to watch it to find out um anyway he says cliche maybe but mostly for the opening scene yeah, yeah not inevitably, really. And on his subs bench, he's got Castaway, Splash, Bridge of Spies, and possibly Philadelphia. So, so am I like the only person
1: is. that's gone for the Post? I'm de-
0: no, <laughs> Everyone, I Everyone go and watch the Post; it's brilliant. I did, but I was influenced by you, though.
1: Yeah, and if you <laughs> like that,
0: watch Spotlight as well, because that's equally brilliant and it's a similar sort of thing. Definitely, there we go. Final business for us then. We've been talking about doing the Golden Seagulls presenting awards. In the following to what we talked about with the Westerns last week, we have decided, formally agreed amongst both of us, um, to go for entering into the Hall of Fame, the Good, the Bad and the Ugly, and Once Upon a Time in the West. Both yeah. of them go in as best films, as best directors, and for best music. Maybe we can add some more in there as well, but we're putting those three categories in and awarding those honours to them. They are thoroughly deserving of it. Does anybody or oh, anything from the Tom Hanks films deserve any praise. We've, we've both ended up with Saving Private Ryan at number one. I,
1: put, I think I Saving think...
0: Private Ryan's got to be, uh, as we mentioned off
1: earlier, there are, there's two types of World War II film. There are those before Saving Private Ryan and there are those after Saving Private Ryan. And you can see a definite kind of seismic shift uh, in in the type of film that's being made before and after. And I think that even if you didn't have that 24 minute bit at the beginning of Saving Private Ryan, I think people will probably like it even more because the rest of it is great. They're just so exhausted and (laughs) worn out from that that it takes them a bit of time to get to get to get their breath
0: back. True. Um, It certainly has redefined how people approached filming war films um afterwards didn't it uh, for all
1: those reasons I mean, I like the, yes i mean they 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 sent all the actors out on a boot camp didn't they and that's something to do for every film now but i think that was kind of a novel thing at the time but they sent tom hanks and his platoon out on a boot camp and poor matt damon they didn't want him bonding with the rest of the cast because hmm. he kind of meets them towards the end so they ha- he had to go off and do a boot camp on his own and only meet yeah. them at the end <laughs> you know they, they, they put <laughs> a real effort a lot of thought went into all of this you know
0: yeah um I think it's worthy of discussion. I I think it could be entered on the category of cinematography. I think possibly the direction, possibly. um, I would have to look at it again because I haven't seen it very, very recently. So I think I'd need to see it again. to. Yeah, we both have to agree on these, don't we? So I I think it's worthy of another look to really make a decision on that. Cinematography, I think definitely I, I would be happy to give it for that, just purely for the 24 minutes. At the beginning, if nothing else, it's absolutely superb. Um, whether it gets best film, we'll have to see. I'm going to have okay. to look at that again. Fair enough. A couple, couple of other quick um, correspondents I've just spotted. We've got David Townsend, uh, a friend of mine. He's a very big film fan. He's gone for Sleepless in Seattle at number five. You old softy, David. Captain Phillips at number four. He's gone for The Post at number three. Same as both Excellent. of us in the end, I think. Um, Apollo 13 at two. And he's gone for Bridge of Spies at number one. So he clearly loves a uh, Cold War chiller as well. Yeah. I'm not Knowing him, I'm very, very unsurprised about that, by the way. Uh, he works for the FO, and he's, he's worked abroad, and um, he's, he very much likes those kind of films, I think. And Shoni has been in touch as well. She's gone for Saving Private Ryan at five, Forrest Gump at four. She spelt it with one R, by the way, just saying. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Shoni. The Green Mile at number three, Cast Away at number two, and, well, she's gone for Toy Story at number one. Obviously, yeah. Um, yeah, we've, we've changed the criteria We that, We may so, we yeah. well
1: be mentioning that in the not-too-distant future.
0: Yes. On our next episode, we're going to do a different category. Uh, we're not going to reveal what it is yet. So far, as I said, we've done Hitchcock for directors. We've done a year in film for 2020, releases in the UK. We've done our first genre. We've done Westerns. Yeah. We've done our first actor. We've done Tom Hanks. Now we're going to go into a category. Again, different to what we've done so far, just to spread it up a bit. It'll either be on a quirky theme or it'll be in a studio production line or something something in that ilk, I think, isn't it, Phil? Yeah. Yet yet to be confirmed. Once we've confirmed it, we'll let you know. It'll be in the episode notes for this. So if you are listening to this, you will be able to refer to your episode notes, quirkily written by my good self, usually. and yes. um, So, You're so it'll better already, than I am. Yeah it'll already be a- when i put the- it on facebook
1: it's like here's the episode
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's are so eloquent phil yeah but, no i mean if you've read the episode notes before you started listening of course this is no surprise at all but by the but have a look in there and we'll be covering that subject on our next monthly edition so until then phil thank you very much for joining thank you me.
1: very much for listening and go and watch the post if you haven't and bridge of spies if you haven't i think everybody's absolutely feeling the
0: ones. great films, <laughs> great films <laughs> and save <laughs> ryan's privates <laughs> shaving it's privates. save them and shave them content warning now because of that <laughs> aren't we so till next time it's a goodbye from me Cheers. Bye. That's a good bye from him. Cheers.